I mean, yeah, my voice is terrible. You're correct. Hello, and welcome to episode 188 of Flicks in the Six, a thickly settled podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Anthony Costanzo, with me forever and always, the man, the myth, the geek, Alessandro Bielsi. Say hello, Al. I was born for this. On this week's episode, we've got Obi-Wan, Winning Time, Studio 66, and much, much more, all before diving into our flick of the week, Nightmare Alley. But first, Al, what are we drinking? Just for the record, it's Studio 666. Oh. Three sixes. What'd I say? You said Studio 66. Interesting. It's so funny. There are certain parts of the show that I I, I feel like I completely black out when I do mm-hmm. them. And it's mostly the introduction and the clothes, right? Because like yep. the clothes, I'm just on autopilot and also most likely half asleep. Because we, we do this pretty late. Yeah, we're starting at 9.15 tonight. And this is going to be a long one since we missed a week. Bo- which always, almost always leads to us having very long episodes. We will, we will surely not be done with this episode before midnight. So, sure. um, yeah, usually there's some combination of exhaustion <laughs> and alcohol that will cause one or both of us to be on the brink of falling asleep by the time the outro plays. <laughs> at this point, yeah. um, it's interesting. <laughs> and like the for the intro, it's like a hodgepodge of a script. And what we've done 187 times. Yes. So it's like, I I am just doing it. And then I glance to the portions of the notes that I have that are like fill in the blank. It's like Mad Libs. I basically have a Mad Libs that I set up. A template, yeah. <laughs> right? And, but it'll, it'll throw me every once in a while. But anyway, what I, I must have, I read, I read that part. And I, I couldn't tell you if I said it right or wrong. Actually, if you listen to last week's episode, there's a point in the post show uh, where we play Wordle where... You asked me if I said my name wrong, and I I had no recollection um, of what I said. It's very possible I did not. Okay, for the record, um, I I don't remember. That sounds vaguely familiar. Um, I ha- I didn't listen to this past week's episode, um, so I haven't had that recollection. So I I would be curious just to catch that one bit to hear <laughs> if it sounded like you mispronounced your name or did it like just get garbled because like the internet fucked up for a second? Probably a little bit of both. Like, like I was probably slurring by that point, um, (laughs) tired slurs. And then, and then we do have the occasional hiccup on account of recording remotely. I will Mm -hmm. say though, and I've said it before, we do a good remote show. The quality of the actual audio that we put together for a podcast is far better than some places that are spending actual money. Which is incredible because, like, we both have pretty solid mics. Yeah. But I record in a very open space that is not acoustically tuned. Sure. And you said to me right before we started recording, oh, the last several episodes, my air purifier has been running in the yeah. background. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's silly. I had something that I was going to go into at the beginning of this show, but that came up last wednesday (laughs) i thought we were going to record and i've completely lost it which is why i ask again what are we (laughs) oh it's okay um so we're drinking one another one of the litmus test newberg beers this is volume five very delicious um (laughs) 
as all of the litmus test ones do. It has the little scientist with his crooked mustache. Love it. Um, Wonky eyes too. Yes. Uh, yeah. Not. He's got like googly eyes. Like That's. They're... This is what. Uh, this is what Winston likes in a woman's breast. <laughs> <laughs> that is a deep cut. <laughs> Um, it's great because it's the berry one. And it's got the uh, periodic table mm-hmm. sign with the atomic number five for volume five. It's got the BR like breaking bad for sure. bromine, but in this case it's for berry. Um, it's berry, it's, blackberry. In this case it's for berry. Also the five is pretty great. Yeah. Also, I wasn't expecting two breaking bad references already tonight. Sure. Um, and a third on the way. <laughs> oh yeah. At least, um, uh, berry, blackberry, berry, raspberry, berry, strawberry, berry. I mean, uh, sorry, blackberry, raspberry, strawberry. <laughs> strawberry. <laughs> um, it's ooh, we have like kind of a one of those like word cloud things. I like for it. Test. I was actually uh, obsessed with this uh, while you started talking. Juicy, fruity, refreshing, tart, berry. There's all sorts of uh, like the symbol for an atom, H H two O. There's all sorts of beakers and Erlenmeyer flasks. Connected to some sort of like a distillation process. There's a two beer glasses clinking. Yes, there's um, on the uh, the kind of like major machine thing. There's this little logo that's a heart. But on the one side, it looks like a beer. And it's because so clever. It's the Newberg Brewing Company's logo brewed with heart, heart. which I don't think we've ever noticed before. Wow. Um, We also had an above that word bubble thing. There's like the. like the the models for like the uh are you okay yeah i'm good (laughs) the models for the like molecular um like modeling i guess for the uh the chemical composition of this beer um it's from the sour owl series it's 12 fluid ounces it's 4.5 i heard sour owl series and i want to have a new segment (laughs) about things that al is just sour on (laughs) This is like what we is this like have like a rant. Is this like Peter what grinds my gears? Yeah. <laughs> the, the, you the sour, America. It's like, you. It's the Sour Al series. Well, the, last week just the entire movie conversation was probably the Sour Al series, so it's fair. It's fair. <laughs> oh man. This is a there is a lot going on in this can. Yes. It's funny cuz some of the Newberg cans are very Spartan in design and some of them are just bursting with things going on. Hold the phone. What? This beer was not brewed here. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the litmus test ones don't have uh, the picture of the brewery or the Hudson River. So Interesting. Oh, look at this little bow tie. I don't think I ever noticed his bow tie before. It's the same. It's, it's, it's like salmon colored along with yeah. his pants. Yeah, I dig it. I dig it. You wanna, it's great. Uh, the great aesthetic on these beers. Here's it up. Well, my glass has this logo on it. It's a heart. Oh my god! (laughs) I always like to do the Newberg beer with my Newberg glass, but considering I am our remote our remote recording is happening at a a further remote location as I'm in the apartment, I do not have a Newberg glass glass present. So I usually uh, I usually serve my Newberg beer up in an alternate ending grass because grass. Sorry, I just did that with my last (laughs) sentence too. So we're on we're on even footing here. Cheers! Cheers! (laughs) It cheers. Your, your clink was better than mine. Mine was too quiet. I was afraid of spilling. Oh, yeah. Holy moly. That's good. That is... Mm, that's really, a... Um, good. That is a blue warhead. <laughs> like, um, 100%. Think, like, there's not even... There's, 
No mistaking it. I think it's a berry, blackberry, berry, raspberry, berry, strawberry, berry. <laughs> strawberry. I, definitely strawberry, berry. Berry, um, blackberry, berry. <laughs> okay, I see it now. I, I realized that the first... I got it. Yeah, it was I in like it. relief, like under. I like it. Um, I have had this beer before, obviously. I'm, My goodness. <laughs> They're picked, sour. It is. This is an extreme. This is a Warhead extreme. I picked up a six pack of this. I obviously gave you one or two. It two. sounds like possibly <laughs> accidentally, maybe. I don't know. I have um, like a strange feeling that you brought them to me at different times and maybe didn't realize you had brought it to me yet. It's possible. Um, but yeah, I had had whatever was left of that. Actually, I might have even bought a case of this one. I don't remember, but it's pretty delightful. This is it's good. I mean, it's definitely it's sour. Um, this beer would be perfect for like three days ago when it was 65 degrees and not today, which it was snowing. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, it, yeah, it was, we, I got up, we got up to like 74 at one point. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, it wasn't quite that warm here. It was like high sixties. I think the other day, I have a serious question that I'm going to okay. need you to, um, look into for me. I warheads. You remember warheads, obviously. Mm-hmm. I actually um, had one not that long ago. Nice. Uh, this was what this beer tastes like. Uh, Warheads. I was picturing the little, um, the little package, right? Mm-hmm. Little guy's head exploding, yep. making a sour face. Uh, and I remembered it says it says something on the bottom. I couldn't remember what it said, and I looked it up. This is extreme sour, and it says it in a way that would have me believe that there are other variants, like Loki, like yeah <laughs> not to be confused with low-key sour and sour <laughs> but uh is that am i crazy i've only known this is there are there other variants of warheads well there was like like you had said earlier wasn't there like the extreme warhead or whatever i well it says extreme sour but and that to me i'm looking at the but it's the one oh there is another one called smash ups extreme sour no they all the I can't seem to find one that's just warheads. So. Um, I'm looking at a picture right now that looks like the warheads of old. Super sour. What the hell is this? Warheads plain. Warheads original cut. <laughs> OG sour. Wow. Uh, yeah, they all they all say something ridiculous on them. Man, candy was like a, a thing. Like, just I loved candy at one point. Yeah, I mean, candy's good. It, the, as with all things, though, you kind of reach a, a limit on sure. like how much candy one can eat. Sorry, I was a little distracted because I was trying to send you a picture of all the Warheads. I sent you a picture of all the Warheads. Well, now here, here it says the original Mega Warhead, sour, and then the flavor underneath. It doesn't say extreme sour, so I guess there are varying degrees. But this one says the original Mega Warhead... And then the one that says Extreme Sour doesn't say Mega Warheads above it. So I don't know. I don't know what to... Maybe they rebranded at one point. It's possible. Um, I was wondering if did they do like... It was the Mega... Well, here's Warhead Sour Twist, which like... It looks like basically gummy worm type things, but... Huh. I see those. Interesting. Sour Jelly Beans. My goodness. Um, the related Google search images at the top are Extreme. The word Extreme. Blue Raspberry, Tongue, Challenge, <laughs> Logo. I'm sorry, what now? And Powder. Yeah. It's just a person sticking their tongue out. That, uh, that doesn't really track. <laughs> anyway, I used to love Warheads. That is, this reminds me of the blue one through and through, and I'm all about it. 
Yeah, I mean, it tastes like berries and it tastes like sour. It smells delightful. It smells it incredibly sour. It's a really, really good sour beer. Uh, I'm, I'm firmly three thuckles with this beer. I, I'm with you. Three thuckles all the way. Um, no surprise that Newberg brought it, as they do. I, uh, I haven't had a sour in a while. Um, I think we did it on the show maybe a month or so ago. Yeah. They, uh, there's a, a, I found a place nearby that I'll have to take you to next time we see each other in person. Um, soon? Hopefully soon. Yeah. A couple weeks, right? Yeah. Uh, actually, maybe we'll stop there before the Oscars, um, even though we'll have to do a little bit of whiskey. Um, they have, I mean, this is just an absolutely tremendous beer selection. And it's like, I don't know how I went this long without really knowing about this place. It's a, like a, a store? It's or a liquor store. store. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's a liquor store with just an incredible beer selection. And they actually, in the front, they have like a double f- fridge with, it's like, they, they break it down in pretty good sections. It's like local stuff. And then from here, from there. And like, you'll see the same beer in a couple different areas if it fits different categories. But they have like a whole sour case that you can go in that has like all sorts of funky sour stuff that you could try. Nice. So we'll uh we'll we'll definitely we'll definitely pick some stuff out to do on future episodes for sure. No, uh, it'll be good. We can uh, buy a bunch of mix and match right yeah. there. No. They also do they sell a lot of singles too, which is nice. So if okay. we can just like pair up the ones that we want. Yeah, that's definitely more uh, economical. <laughs> pretty sweet. Uh I really like this beer. I'm kind of glad that there's another 12 ounces of it waiting for me for when we get to our flick of the week. Uh, Al, let's get into some news and nuggets. Sure. You have a lot of news and nuggets. So what happens when we take a week off. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm pretty diligent along throughout the episode of timestamping so that it makes my life easier when I go to edit. Naturally. I say pretty diligent. I'm pretty diligent from news and nuggets on for the past, like... 20 episodes i just have not logged to the time that we start talking about the beer <laughs> and i have to go find and it's not luckily it's not that big of a deal because it's early in the show it's pretty easy to find i usually have the start time marked because i start recording beforehand but for, for whatever reason i cannot for the life of me remember to timestamp when we have the beer it's be, it, you know what it is it's because we typically start the episode with a tangent that's true that's what it is and we're like just in the zone Yes. We're just riffing. We're we're riffing. We're doing what we do best. (laughs) Just. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Al, I want to start. Yeah, tell me where you want to start. You know I want to start. I want to start with the one news that's going to blow this all out of the water, which is the Obi-Wan trailer that you dropped on me out of nowhere. (laughs) Mid-busyness. Peak, peak busy moment of my day. And I was like, well, I'm dropping everything for this. I'm sorry. I was hoping that that was going to be like, as like the workday tailed off to the dinner with the wife and child point of your day, because it was no. like five thirty in the evening or something no. like that. Somehow, somehow, it's always always busy now, always. <laughs> and uh, but that was a nice reprieve. The my goodness, my goodness! I was like, first off, what didn't know didn't know I was getting a trailer today. That so was let, back backstory: a couple of days ago, mm. there was a bunch of reports out that there was leaks of like a scene. From Obi-Wan, maybe some like set photos or possibly like like a whole scene like that was just released online. Mm-hmm. So I'm guessing that prompted the release of the trailer today because I didn't hear any rumblings of like expect the trailer this week. Sure. So I think, OK, shit, someone got something out there. 
let's just drop a trailer. Right. Obviously, they must have had it ready. already. I'm, yeah, I'm sure they didn't scramble to cut it. I'm sure they had it. Mm-hmm. We're planning on releasing it at whatever time for whatever reason. Um, and they're like, well, now's as good a time as any because people are talking about it. So let's do it. Yeah. And they gave us a date of May 25th. 20- which 25th. I believe we've known for a while. It's funny. I was uh, talking to uh, Brian earlier, uh, not Brian Rooney, um, me and Dominic's friend, Brian. And um, he asked me and I was like, I, I don't remember. I was like, but I feel pretty certain that at the, around the time that Boba book of Boba Fett was ending, they said it was in May sometime. I just couldn't remember the day. Yeah. But May 25th did ring a bell once I saw it at the end of the trailer. So same. That's so cool. I mean, that's another one. Like, May will be just around the corner. Like it's it, it's a few months out, but it's it'll be here in no time. And then all of a sudden, we'll have this sick. Yeah, it's two and a half months. Obi Wan, ten weeks limited series to watch, which I'm really pumped for. I also I I like they set my expectations by calling it a limited series mm-hmm. of like this is going to just keep going on. This is it. We're probably just going to get this little gem, and this that's is what, exactly that's it. what makes sense. This is obviously an extrapolation on what they were planning on doing some sort of standalone movie in the vein of like solo, a star Wars story or rogue one. Right. And whether it be because they didn't want to bring it to theaters or whether it be because they had trouble cutting it down to a two and a half hour script. And they're Mm -hmm. like, we have more story to tell than that. It's like, okay. I mean, honestly, it was probably a bit of both of those things. Yeah. Cause it feels like, uh, like I was saying to you earlier, like it feels like this is probably going to be the the equivalent of like a two, a, a, two movie bit or like even a trilogy if depending on how long these these episodes end up being because if they're if they're like an hour a piece like i mean you've got you've got an easy trilogy like right in there or even if it's call it 45 ish minutes at a time right mm-hmm. like it's you know it's it's still it's enough for about two movies so yeah like two lengthy yeah ones. like and i think maybe this is the way that star wars in general should be going we there's been some we talked about it a few weeks ago with the end of book of boba fett as part of a larger conversation about where star yeah. wars is at with regards to television versus movies versus video games and, and and novels and comics and what should be in which format, just start pitching story ideas and yeah. mock it up. And whatever comes out is like, oh, this would be a kick-ass movie. This would be super cinematic as a trilogy or two movies or four movies. Or this would be great as a, a one-shot limited series. Or I think we could do four cel- seasons of television on this topic. Like, mm-hmm. don't... There's no need to feel like you're hemmed into a particular like vehicle, like just do what makes sense for the story you want to tell. Focus on the characters and the stories and let the vessel build itself around that. Yeah. You know, I, I think that's a really safe way to, to do that. And also like, yeah, like just call it star Wars and then the subtitle, whatever it is. And if it means if you end up doing a part two, part three, great, do it, have fun, whatever you want. Just we're in the star Wars universe. We're making stories. We're having a good time. I'm here for it. You're here for it. Every Star Wars fan is here for it. All those ones that said The Last Jedi is bad can go away. They don't get to have this. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm pumped. I think it's gonna it looks great. Yeah, that was the really the first thing that I said to Anthony uh, when I sent it to him after I'd watched it twice. I, I literally sat there and watched it and I was like, oh shit. Immediately started from the beginning and again, which I don't do very often at mm. all with Trailers. I said to Anthony, roll I, did, it again. "I did the Palpatine style. Roll it again." Um, my my biggest takeaway from watching this trailer was it looks visually incredible, yeah. like borderline movie quality in a way that, like I'd said for years, was the thing I feared in a Star Wars television show was that it's going to look cheap. I think Mandalorian typically keeps its head well above water on that. 
obviously a lot of Book of Boba Fett didn't, though some of it did right. um, in its strongest moments. And obviously Mandalorian's gotten bigger and better as it's gone. Um, like no, nothing more so than in this most recent season of Book of Boba Fett, which was obviously partially Mandalorian 2.5. Like that first episode he shows up in again, where he's on that ring planet and all that, that all looked incredible. Yeah, sick. So I think that informed where we, we've gone with this Obi-Wan show and it's, man, this looks movie quality. And yeah. that's great. That that's it. I think it can be a little bit immersion breaking. It makes the, the galaxy far, far away look small, right? And mm-hmm. in this case, it doesn't. It look it looks like it's vibrant grand. and alive, like in a way yeah. that a Star Wars movie should. I, that's I agree. that's awesome. And I also like that you know you're getting some uh, a handful of characters in live action form, right? That you haven't seen that way before, so that's fun too. Yeah, uh, like seeing some of those Inquisitors. This is like, I'm pretty excited about. Like those lightsabers are stupid. I just want to see that happen. <laughs> like it's they're, great. they're stupid and awesome at the same time yeah I mean, totally like i just like just turn it into a little helicopter propeller just take yourself out of here i'm all for it <laughs> I, I i i'm really looking forward to see where this goes i feel like we're gonna do some big big reveals of like tie-ins and stuff like that and other characters that we are starting to love like coming into play and like connecting the dots on storylines that i'm really looking forward to also i realized i must have missed or misremembered like a handful of casting for this show. Not that I saw anyone big in this trailer, but I was checking out the, the cast list afterwards and like Kamel Johnny is in this. I didn't realize that Joel Edgerton came back. Of course it makes perfect sense for him to be in it, but I just, I just don't remember seeing that uh, Rupert friend. Yeah. A couple of other people who are like, like pretty big actors and actresses is like, all right, this is awesome. Why can I remember his name in Homeland? Peter. Peter. Peter the Inquisitor. Yeah. <laughs> this is, it, it is, it's so, I, I like Kamal Nanjiani is just uh, casted as question mark. Well, a bunch of them are just like, just blank names. So, mm-hmm. um, and then, and then to, to, to close out the, no, get your safety face off my Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that too. I was like, that's an interesting, uh, inclusion. Um, the, uh, uh, that completely threw me. Ugh. Sorry, I don't even know where I was going. Sorry, Ice not... Cube? What? Ice well, Cube? Ice Cube Jr. Ice Cube Jr.? Isn't O'Shea Jackson Jr. in it? Yeah, but so it says Ice Cube also. Oh, did it? I didn't yeah. see that. <laughs> uh, interesting. Um, oh, and then that's what I was going to say. The close of the trailer giving us the Vader, the Vader breath. Pretty cool. And also kicking it off by playing oh. uh, Duel of oh. the Fates. Oh, but like <laughs> the greatest Star Wars jam of all time. Yeah. Which I... Is that an indication that we're going to see Maul in some way, shape, or form? I would, I would have to assume, even if it's like a Vietnam flashback to him fighting Maul. Yeah, well, I mean, he's very, oh no, he's not very present, but like he's around. So there's, no I don't, reason... it, it would be weird to shoehorn him, hit, shoehorn him into this unless they wanted to give. I don't know why they'd retread that ground, considering we saw the final battle between him and Obi Wan in Rebels. Sure. Like when, why, when does why, that take place, though? It would be after this, because that takes place that, right before the episode. Four. Yeah, yeah, and I guess it was like it was kind of yeah. I don't know. I don't know why. I was just thinking along the lines of like we saw him the, the last time we got our live action tease of him was as a hologram in, in Solo, right? So like to to, yes. to bring that full circle because they didn't go anywhere else with that. It would be kind of cool. Um, but yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I guess I'm looking forward to it. I can't wait for these mysteries to unfold week after week hopefully 
Um, but I'm I'm jazzed up. Like, are we gonna have to come up with a clever name for our post? We're gonna have to come up with a cl- clever name because we had yeah. Man to Watch, we had the Bobus Feature Fet. I'll start brainstorming now for what we're gonna. Sounds good. That. Sounds good. Uh, yeah, that's I'm pumped. I'm real pumped. Uh, what do, what else do we have here? Uh, winning winning time. The hell is hmm. this? So I don't know if you've seen this. Um, like any ads for this, like in your perusal of HBO or the internet or whatever. But Winning Time is a poorly named show about <laughs> the Showtime Lakers, which they obviously can't call Showtime because it's on HBO. But uh, it's about the Showtime Lakers of like the 80s and I guess technically into the 90s. I don't know. Okay, I have seen the uh, the hero of it on HBO like. I figured you had yeah. to seen it up in the banner or, yeah. or whatever, or mm-hmm. like is a like a prelude to whatever you're going to watch on HBO. Um, that's the new show from Adam McKay. It's based on a book by I want to say Jeff Perlman about the Lakers from okay. that time when they were like the Celtics Lakers, like '80s clashes, Magic Johnson, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, like all those guys. And um, part of what's fascinating to me about this is we're always here for new Adam McKay stuff. Sure. Um, part of what fascinates me is it's like, it's like a very iconic time in sports like history um, from like right before I was born. So it's not like I remember it obviously, but like my earliest memories of like basketball stuff is pretty much informed by that era. Right. Um, and mm-hmm. also this is seemed to have been what the final straw in the McKay Farrell relationship was. Um, it sounds like it all of everything came to a head when Farrell wanted to play Dr. Jerry Buss, the owner of the Lakers in that time. And McKay didn't think that Farrell was right for the part, and he ended up casting John C. Riley and because apparently he looks a lot like him from what okay. I understand. I I don't remember actually what Dr. Jerry Buss looks like. He was still alive, yeah, I don't know, twenty years ago. So but I like I don't remember what he looks like. I'm sure I could look it up very easily online. But uh, his kids run the Lakers now. Um so, yeah, it sounded like that was kind of like the last nail in the coffin on their relationship because McKay, like, freely admits that he didn't handle that whole situation very well. And so, I don't know, there's just, like, some intrigue to it. It's got a great cast, like, it, you know, between John C. Riley and, uh, like, Jason Siegel and Adrian Brody plays Pat Riley and, I don't know, there's a bunch of other, like, good actors and actresses yeah. in the show. So I, I'm pretty excited. It's supposed to be pretty funny, from what I understand. The first episode came out this past Sunday. I didn't get a chance to watch it yet, but I'm pretty excited to check that out. I, I would watch it for who, for the folks that are that are are there. I didn't realize there was a thing with Adam McKay and Will Ferrell. Oh, we've, we've talked about it some on the show. Hmm. M- more pre-hiatus, but we, we have talked about it a couple of times. Yeah, oh, they... I don't recall. They dissolved, like... Gary Sanchez Productions a few years ago, which is like oh. a joint like production company. But right, like right, everyone right, acted right. like that wasn't a big deal. The two of them were like, "Oh yeah, no, everything's fine." And in like the past year or so, we found out things are really not fine between them. Mm. Like, they like don't talk anymore. Oh, well, that's sad. It is. But interesting. Yeah, I have no interest in the subject matter, but uh, the guy makes some good content. Yeah, so I'd, I'd watch it. It sounds like it's pretty fascinating from what I'm reading about some people like reviewers who have seen like more of the season. It isn't exactly a documentary, but it's tackling real life people and some of the real things that happened in a way that like a lot of people would like a documentary to. But most mm-hmm. of the big documentaries, especially in sports that have come out in the last several years, are extremely curated by the subject, which means they're not very truthful. Right. And this is 
somewhat fairly truthful, it sounds like. And a good way to know that is because, like, a bunch of the people who, like, it's portraying don't like it. <laughs> yeah. That's, so That's probably a good a good barometer. Like, no one's <laughs> saying any of this is a lie. They're all just like, we don't like this. <laughs> Which, to me, sounds like it's like probably it. yeah, cutting it. a little too close to the bone. So. <laughs> oh, man. Cool. That's fun. I will, uh, maybe I'll check that out at some point. Not going to be, like, something I'm jumping ahead to watch, but. Understandable. Yeah, it's there. Uh, what is Studio 666? Okay, so you don't know what that is. That's cool. So the Foo Fighters have a new album coming out. And alongside of that, they made a movie. Oh, fun. It's a horror comedy. Okay. And it's called Studio 666. And apparently, like, the lab- like the record label and all, like, approached, like, um... Dave Grohl with this idea and he's like fuck no and then eventually he's like okay this could kind of be cool let's do something about it and so they made a movie that stars three or four actually I forget how many people are in Foo Fighters whatever doesn't matter um, starring all of them (laughs) as fictionalized versions of themselves okay and they decide to go rent this like mansion to record an album in and they find out that that album that Mansion may or may not be cursed. Fantastic. And Dave Grohl gets possessed by some evil spirit that's living in the house. And that evil spirit feeds on like the misery of people or whatever. So it keeps like trying to like, even though things are going horribly wrong and they're all fighting and then people start dying in gruesome ways, he keeps trying to convince everyone. No, 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 we have to stay and finish this album, <laughs> you know, and gory hijinks ensue. So sure. I think I even got of like, course a- it's the, and it'll be, I'm assuming that it'll be their best album. Because of the demon. It's entirely possible. So uh, I think this actually got a theatrical release like a week or two yeah, ago. Yeah, because I looked it up uh, before you started talking and I see showtimes for later today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I do want to see this. I'm probably not going to go to a theater for it, but like I do want to see this movie. Even though I'm not seeing dining in Staten Island. Man, things have changed over there. <laughs> things have changed. There was... There was the movie theater that you don't go to, the movie theater that you do go to, and the movie theater that you only go to if it's not playing at the other one. <laughs> ah, of course. <laughs> now there seems to be more. And apparently one of them is a diner. Cool. I kind of want to watch a trailer for that. Uh, yeah, I didn't see the trailer. I'm sure there is one. I will not do it live, but I, there's there's at least three here in, in uh, 2022 trailer fashion. Most of the movie is probably online. <laughs> probably. Um, yeah, I just found this to be fascinating. I love that it exists, and I would like to see it. I'm just not going to probably go to a theater for it. I uh, Speaking of seeing movies in theaters, I unfortunately was not able to see The Batman last week, but I will be trying again to see it this weekend. I did get word from a cousin who said it was the best Batman that she's seen. So I'm pretty pumped. I'm I'm a little skeptical of that, though I have been hearing very good things about it. So I'm I'm very. I'm, I heard I'm, that I'm it. Excited. I heard that it addressed pretty well a complaint that I made a few weeks ago when we did the Long Halloween, in which he kept repeatedly saying, "I'm not a detective," and I was like, "I'm going to have to challenge you on that." I'm the, <laughs> I'm the world's greatest detective. <laughs> Apparently, they they lean very heavily into the detective work in this one, so that's Excellent. an inter- interesting way to to because that will clearly be the most of that 
version of the character that we've seen in a movie. Detective so. Comics. <laughs> it yeah, says it right there. It does. It sure does. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, looking forward to that. I, uh, also, also, it's like three hours long. Apparently. Yeah, I'm, I'm all for it. I'm ready. I said I might have to down an energy drink before getting in there, but... Uh, Gotta do an early show like I'm gonna do. Sure, that that'd help. Yeah. Actually, I'm, I'm, I'm off work. I'm gonna I'm taking off work Friday, so maybe I'll just go see like a little Friday matinee. Yeah, there you go. Get it done. Down. Better Call Saul is on the horizon. That's correct. There was a little teaser. It wasn't even like a trailer. Uh, it was like a like a commercial like a week or mm. two ago, but it wasn't even like a full blown commercial. It was just like clearly Saul walking like down the sidewalk and like you know. The way they like like to leave little Easter egg things. I haven't studied it for it, but I'm sure someone's gonna be able to pick something out of all of that. But uh, yeah, yeah, the the um, the hype machine is starting to crank up. I saw this week Bob Odenkirk was on Armchair Expert. Oh, with, cool. Uh, with with Dax, so uh, I didn't realize apparently the two of them worked together. I think I didn't ch- follow up and look it up, but I think maybe he directed. Let's go to prison. Really? Which is the one of the movies Dax is in like 15 years ago. I, I think Bob Odenkirk might have directed that movie based on what the conversation they were having in that. Uh, see? I tried to open it up and then immediately, yeah, he did direct it. Which is super random. I didn't know that he like ever directed a feature film. Huh. That's, that's pretty cool. What else? Has yeah. he directed anything else? I have no idea. Ugh, Michael Shannon. I'm- get out of my face. <laughs> It's funny, both of them spoke very complimentarily of Michael Shannon. That's that fine. Episode. People love him. People love him. I don't like his face. 21 director credits. Get some down, of that's Bob Odenkirk. Some of that's going to be TV episodes, though. Let's see. Movie 43, uncredited, but it says, but it's listed under director. So maybe he, so he might have directed one of, of the segments of it, yeah. Uh, let's do this. The birthday boys accept IFC's offer. I don't know, the birthday boys. Young and Handsome, A Night with Jeff Garland. These are TV series, TV miniseries, short, 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 video, TV, TV. That's interesting that the one thing that we just talked about is not what? IMDb, sometimes you do things. (laughs) Let's go to prison. The Brothers Solomon. What's that? I don't know. Directed that as well. Uh, he only directs movies that star Will Arnett. It would appear. <laughs> oh, interesting. <laughs> but cool. I I kind of want. Did you see Let's Go to Prison? No, I've never seen it. I, I probably should get around to it one of these years. Mm, check that out. Uh, yeah, I'm pumped. I I love me some some Better Call Saul. I really it's, dug that teaser that we got of the of the date that people were all up in arms on Twitter because um, they're stupid. Why? Did you read? Did you read any of the uh, of the comments underneath it? No. How are you gonna like people just like really just like all caps like how are you gonna mark your calendar without a date like just over and over and over again? It's like, dude, likes puzzles. Like if you're a fan, you you would know that there's probably something here in the picture. <laughs> the, uh, I was gonna say I definitely remember seeing in the little teaser thing that it was April 18th. So the in that. It must not have been the one I saw. No, the one you about. sent me like a few weeks ago. I don't remember. Actually, it, I don't remember. There's no date either. there, but there's two little evidence markers that you can decode to find out what the date is. And it's just like, I'm not I'm not about to dive in and do the puzzle solving, but I appreciate that it's there. 
And I'll wait until it's revealed to me. I just think that it's really cool that they do that. I'm I'm just confused because obviously this was one of my notes from when we were planning on recording last week. So it's over a week ago that I have this note in here. Mm -hmm. And in my notes, it just says BCS final season 418. So yeah. obviously somehow I figured out that it was April 18th. Well, no, but, but that, by, by, I mean like moments after oh, that okay. was out, people were like, yeah, it's, 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 this is the date. This, okay. this little marker means that this little marker means that it's the date. It's right there. Yeah, I'm saying, I don't here. remember doing detective work. I just remember having that information somehow. I don't remember how yeah. I got it. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, I'm pumped. And do we know how many episodes we're getting in this? I have season? no earthly idea. Do you have any idea? Any, any, any gut, gut, feelings on where it's going to go what is at the bottom of this glass uh it's just a little sentiment gross um gonna check out right now how many episodes on imdb if it will load what season are we on season six i see 13 episodes cool it looks like it's gonna higher than the usual 10 from well, it's, I guess it makes sense for a final season, right? Yeah. It's going to air from April to August. That seems like a long time. That's that's a that's a long thirteen weeks. <laughs> oh no, they're taking apparently the seven the, breaks. They're taking a break at the midpoint ish yeah. for like a month. Why though? My my only guess would probably be pandemic, or Wait. maybe the fact that he almost died. I mean, oh, are, I mean it's done though, isn't it? I'm pretty sure they wrapped shooting it, but like they probably still have work to do hmm. on like the latter half of the season. Or maybe it's just, you know, AMC being obnoxious as always. I fucking AMC. I hate it. I hate why it. must why do you make such great stuff and then deliver it to us in the most obnoxious ways? Yeah. Why do you make such great stuff and then actively sabotage and allow it to become terrible things? Some some great stuff. They they some of the some of the really good stuff I feel like clouds our vision a little bit here and there when it comes to AMC because oh, there's sure. been I think, some incredible things on that station. Yeah, um, I think we've all definitely allowed ourselves to be hornswoggled. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to allow it just because it's a fantastic word and it's been a while since I've heard it. Um, yeah, well, well, I guess like I said, there's two different ways, right? You can look at something like a Better Call Saul in this case that's going to be delivered to us in an obnoxious fashion. You can look like, you can look at the Walking Dead, which started great and has just actively become terrible over the run of it, which we've documented many times over on this show. But, like, it's not just Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. Those are two excellent, excellent, excellent all-time type of shows. But there's another tier of excellent shows that have been on there as well. Hall and Catch Fire was a tremendous show. Mm. By all accounts, Humans is a tremendous show. I've never seen it. It's on my to-do list somewhere down the line. Um, What's it called is... Uh, Mad Men, phenomenal, phenomenal show. Like they've done some tremendous stuff. They've done some less good stuff too, and that that's fine. Like no, you can't be successful 100 percent of the time. You got to take some some big swings, and sometimes sure. you miss, and sometimes you'll hit it, and and that's okay. Um, I've heard that people loved Preacher. I I no, that's, was never and, interested, and, and that's fine. There's there's great stuff on the station, but um, we allow it to excuse the practices of the garbage station. Yeah, I don't like the practices when it comes to what they've done with The Walking Dead and have now expanded it to like five shows. More news on that later. Really, I'm really sidetracked right now trying to figure out the origin of the word hornswoggle. <laughs> and uh, I feel like you're not going to find a satisfying conclusion. Of or relating to hornswoggling is not a definition. <laughs> you cannot define the word with the word. <laughs> I, although I would have allowed it if it says... 
if it had said the swaggles one's horn. Yes, it was <laughs> having to do with the swaggling of horns. Oh my! Can we? All right, I think that's out. We have. We definitely need to write a fantasy, a fantasy like anthology called the swaggling, swaggling of horns. Of horns. <laughs> How many horns are there, Al? Nine. It's probably nine horns, right? Seven horns? One horn to swaggle them all. One horn. <laughs> One horn to be swaggled. <laughs> My goodness. I, I'm i losing it. Better Call Saul. It's coming. I'm pumped. Uh, this is our last chance to get Kim an Oscar. No, no, nope. A Grammy? Nope. Emmy. What is it? Golden Globe? <laughs> Emmy. It was Emmy. Emmy. Yeah, it's at this point. It's if she like gets a Grammy, that's gonna blow my mind. <laughs> she's gonna she's gonna get three fourths of an EGOT, but one of them won't be an Emmy. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, gosh, yeah, yeah. We'll see. I'm really curious where that's gonna. At go. this point, it feels intentional, right? Yeah, I. Uh, yeah, I'm with you. What's his face, Lalo? La- yep. Laszlo? Lalo? No, Laszlo is our it was, guy. You had it right the first time. Lalo? Lalo. Uh, he, he's fun to watch, too. Yes. he's He really chews it up when he's on the screen. Yeah, he's more of the... He's a ham. Like, yeah, hamming it up like the Gary Oldman and the Leon the Professional, like, turned up to 11 type of villain, mm-hmm. which is great, and he deserves some props for it, but, like, sometimes just going too big is like actually easier than it is hard. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. That's what I think that's what I've appreciated so much about Ray Perlman, Perlman's um work in this is like or no, not Ray Perlman, Ray Seahorn. That that's her name, right? Ray uh, Seahorn Swaggle. <laughs> no, definitely not that. Um yeah, I, I, most of her scenes aren't big. I think no. that's what I've appreciated. I, a lot of her work's been really subtle. Maybe too subtle, I guess. I don't mm. know. Ah, I'm not sure. But uh, we'll keep beating the drum. The boys are diabolical. Yes, well, we know that. Yeah. What is this? So you're not familiar with the boys colon diabolical? I'm not. I am familiar with the boys colon season two that I have not finished. Ah, uh, you didn't finish it? Okay, I actually forgot about that. Um, Yeah, so I saw an ad the other day on Amazon, and there is a... I guess an anime is the best way to describe it. That... I really liked the way that you you said that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank an <you>? anime? <laughs> Here's a question. <laughs> I'm Ron Burgundy. <laughs> um, an anime? Yes. <laughs> Christopher <there's>... Walken's anime. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, I was watching Envy the other day. He's he's just so Christopher Walken in that. Envy, that sounds familiar. Have I seen that? <sighs> I don't know. You tell me. It's one of those really lesser... Oh, yeah. The Poobion thing? Yes. Yeah. Vaporize. Vaporize. That's right. Yeah. That's... I enjoy that movie. It's a bad movie, mm-hmm. but I enjoy that movie. It's so ridiculous. Hey, I remember nothing of that movie except for the Vaporize. Well, it's the specifically when uh, Amy Poehler plays Jack Black's wife and she decides to run for like congressman or something. And <laughs> during the campaign, she becomes just totally inundated with this chant started by her opponent 
<laughs> where does the shit go? We want to know. Yeah, oh, that's right. That's where right. does the shit go? We want to know. <laughs> oh man, that's. Funny. But uh, anyway, back to the boys diabolical. So it's like an, an anime. anime style. I don't know if this is a mini series or if there's potential for more seasons. It mm. seems like it's maybe a prequel to the boys. Okay, and it's yeah, it's just like an anime in that universe. Like so cool. And, like, a bunch of the stars of the show are in it voicing their characters, like Giancarlo Esposito, um, Elizabeth Shue, the guy, who do, the guy who plays Homelander, like, a couple other people I noticed when I scrolled through the cast list really quickly. But then there's, like, a whole bunch of other, like, famous actors and actresses voicing new or newish characters in the show that, like, I don't remember. Maybe, like, they were referenced in the show, but I don't think, like, ever, like, appeared oh, on screen. Okay. Like, Kumail Johnny's in it, Aquafina, the Rosario Dawson, a bunch of other people. Dude, Kumail is all over the map these days. I, dude, I was thinking of that earlier today when I was putting this together because I had a note in here about Diabolical being, like, coming out. And I saw, like, two seconds of the trailer the other day, but I didn't actually watch the whole thing. So I watched it before we started recording. Hmm. And that was after watching the Obi-Wan trailer. And I was like, fuck, he's in two trailers for two new things that like just came out or about to come out and like he's like all over like he was in the, what's it called um murderville like yeah he's been he was in the eternals recently he's been in a million things recently i mean i love it i, I like him a lot but yeah same um did you watch silicon valley no i feel like you would enjoy that you liked office space right Yes. i watched the first episode of silicon valley when it came out i was pretty excited for that show and i kind of nothinged the oh. pilot mm. and i had intended to continue watching it, and then i just didn't and i just never bothered to go back and watch it I, I think i think you would enjoy it there are some there are some classics some lines that are just eternal that have come out of that show mm. that uh i mean granted my line of work fits perfectly yes but it it, it lives on with us <laughs> for sure <laughs> <laughs> Um, one thing in particular is, uh, just this, the most insane douche of a man, um, uh, Russ Hanneman, Hanneman, I forget what his name is. Uh, it, that's the character's name in the, sh- in the, in the show. Uh, and he refers to one of, one of the other characters and he's like, this guy fucks. Yeah. And, uh, we, we use that a lot when somebody like opens up. A pull request with just something that we're really we're really happy with that the code that they've written. Oh, that and that phrase is in the like the zeitgeist. It's in like, there, yeah. But I mean, like it goes hand in hand with the the gif of him saying okay. it. So it's great. It's just it lives. On. It's great. There's so but yes, many I've heard people show. totally out of that context using yeah. that phrasing. I've used it myself. Like I it, love it. It is a I thing. That that show. It's so funny because it's like you have however many seasons to understand the the cadence of like doing really 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 good something great is happening for them asterisk like that's that's pretty much the whole show and it's like if you just follow what they have set as the blueprint for the show and realize that they're going to stick to the formula <laughs> it is really it just it is really tremendous the way that it plays out in the end <laughs> it's very entertaining Spielberg is not making Halo well. Um, I'm going to challenge that. Okay. This is on IGN from, I don't know, a couple weeks ago? A week ago. Halo TV show, colon, Steven Spielberg was more involved than we inspect- expected. 
<laughs> then we inspect. That too. Legendary filmmaker Steven Spielberg seemingly had a big hand in the upcoming Halo TV series. During an interview with Total Film, producer Daryl Frank revealed exactly how far-reaching Spielberg's influence was on the upcoming Halo series. We treated it as though it was a legacy project of Steven. He godfathered it in terms of reading every script, helping choose showrunners, writers, directors, cast, production design, and visual effects. Every aspect of it he looked at. Wow. Spielberg's interest in Halo goes back a long way. After all, he was expected to produce the now defunct Halo movie. Now, Spielberg's Amblin Television production company is helping bring the the TV series to our screens. However, it seems he had a much greater hand in the show than we thought. It's unclear whether he affected many changes to the script, direction, or production design. The fact that he's involved at all is likely a good sign. Known for his love of sci-fi and a string of successful sci-fi blockbusters, blockbusters, Jesus, (laughs) uh, Spielberg feels like a perfect creative influence for the project. Uh, And then it goes on to just talk about it. Nice. Shit. That's next <clears throat> um, week? Two weeks? Uh, it's it's March 25th, I believe. Cool. Um, the final blurb here was, showrunner Stephen Kane insists that you don't have to be a gamer to appreciate the show. If you're absolutely new to the game or don't know anything about it, it's still a great story. It's a great war story and a love story. It's a story of intrigue and a story of characters who are just reaching for something, and they're all yearning for something that's just beyond their grasp. That's pretty cool. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what they do. like Because there are some... There is some cool stuff in the Halo story and the lore and all of the, what they've built over decades of Halo. And I'm curious, like, how it'll play out on the screen and, like, what what they're going to do with some of those things. And when they say, like, the love story, I'm assuming that they will... It's, like, the, the Chief and Cortana, like, their relationship. It's not, like, a physical romantic love type of situation, but there is clearly something there... And to see what they'll do with that, um, I'm excited. Yes, I'm. I'm yeah, especially it's a couple weeks away. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I'm definitely, I'm definitely down to see it when it comes out. Do we have any idea of episode count or runtime? Make me do this again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Halo episode guide. Episode Ten. guide. Yeah. Um, oh, reduced to nine. What? How many episodes? Nine I, don't episodes. Anything, I don't see anything about runtimes, so just nine episodes. Cool. I would have to assume that we're doing an hour. I'm sure it'll be an hour-ish. Yeah. An hour adjacent? Yeah. Nice. Well, no soon enough. Are we going to do a Halo watch? I mean, probably. What are we going to call that? I don't know. I, I, Hello! To... <laughs> 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 oh, Halo. <laughs> I like it. Um, yeah, I'll, I have to now create a list of things to come up with names for. <laughs> uh, Isle of the Dead. Yes. What do you got on this one? I don't even know. I have no... These are I, You threw a lot of strings of words at me today that I that have no uh, knowledge of. I'll... Well, you're going to either love or hate this. So this is from Great. a couple days ago. Um, I feel like this that's is most things, right? On Variety. Well, I just don't Mother feel like you're gonna... <laughs> Did you just look it up? I did. <laughs> I had a feeling you was going to lean more towards hate, especially considering uh, pursuant to our conversation from a couple weeks ago. Wa- Walking Dead, Maggie and Negan spinoff, Isle of the Dead set at AMC. <laughs> Isle, uh, sorry, the Walking, the Walking Dead continues to live on at AMC with the network greenlighting a spinoff centered on Maggie and Negan. Isle Both. of the Dead will follow two of the characters all the way to New York City. Why? Why? Um, no. Also, also, how dare you announce this when 
it is so clear that one of these two has to kill the other at this point in the show. Well, I guess they're not going to. I guess not, which is not what they've alluded to. Like, the the last time we saw Negan, he's like, I'm going to leave because, because as much as I know, as much as I feel like part of the community and I am like, I he's he has definitely been, he is a part of the community now and he's a team player at this point. Um, he knows that if he stays at some point, Maggie is going to get him. And he's like, I know I have to go. And he walks off into the sunset. And that was a pretty tremendous thing to do. Only to, I would assume. It was a pretty tremendous come... thing to it was a pretty tremendous thing to do in a, in a season premiere, not the season finale. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. Uh oh my god, I'm still I'm still mad about that. Um, I know you are. <laughs> but like, oh man. Announcing this cheapens so much. Yeah, I just don't understand why they couldn't just keep this under wraps until the fucking other season ended. When or when the show ro- rolls final credits, tease post this cre- post credits. See the two of them walking somewhere. Yeah, yeah. that's the time to do this because yep. at this point it now spoils a massive plot line that you're expecting through the next thirty seven parts of this final season. <laughs> uh, they keep they keep rubbing it in too with the whole. <laughs> Part two of three. They're just like, yeah, take it. <laughs> take it. <laughs> it's too much. I uh, I still want to see where it goes. Again, they introduced, they introduced yet another goddamn character this past week. And I'm like, what are you doing? Do you know how to wrap up a show? No. No. They've made that very obvious. <laughs> no, they they cannot be clearer. Oh, goodness. Anyway, I'm still sucked into this for some godforsaken reason. <laughs> Isle of the Dead. You're gonna hate watch this show so good. I might. There's a um Isle of the Dead is a nineteen forty-five horror drama. That's not surprising. Directed by Mark Robinson, starring Boris Karloff and Ellen mm. Drew. All those old the best of those old horror movies all starred um Boris Karloff, right? So Box Office three hundred and eighty three thou. Three hundred and eighty three thou. That's insane. That's pretty good, isn't it? 1945? I don't know. I, Budget? I have no idea. 246, though. So, no. <laughs> what they spend all that money on? Boris? How much is Boris pulling in? <laughs> How much did Boris take for All of the Dead? I kind of want to watch this. I'm very interested in watching this movie now, more so than I am watching The Walking Dead. Isle of the Dead. Isle of the, <laughs> Isle of the Walking Dead. I Walked with a Zombie, Leopard Man, Bedlam, The Body Snatcher. This Boris Karloff guy's in some stuff, huh? Quite a bit of it. Interesting. Interesting. Alan Napier, get down. Alfred, what are you doing? What are you doing in these Boris Karloff movies? (laughs) Uh, I've stumbled upon something that I need to look a little bit deeper into. What else do you have? That was it. That was, that was it for news and nuggets. That was the last of my news. My goodness, you had a, quite the list of things to go over today. I did. We're consuming a bunch of stuff, I would imagine. Yes. Considering weeks have passed. In some cases, in some cases, literally. Ah, it's funny that you should say that because I have <laughs> the first two items on my consumption list are things that I've eaten. <laughs> Good. On. You want to do a consumption sandwich? You, what you ate? What I ate? What you ate? Yeah, sounds good. The first. Uh, the first thing is this weekend, 
I had my family over and I made um, I made jarros. I Ooh, interesting. I marinated a lamb in my proprietary yogurt blend. Nice. Um, for like eighteen hours. Okay. And then roasted it, mm-hmm. and then let it come down to room temperature and refrigerated it overnight. Okay. I then. That's interesting. That's an interesting way to do things. And then I I cut it cold into these small pieces that I wanted it to be in. And then I pan fried it and tossed it. Twice with, cooked? What? Twice, Twice cooked. cooked. Twice cooked lamb with hot honey. Ooh. Uh, some oregano and lemon juice and lemon zest. There are so many similarities between what you just told me and what I'm going to tell you. And yet so many differences. <laughs> so I tossed this about. Got nice and nice and crisp, right? Juicy Gosh, and good. crisp. Yep. And then we made our gyros on homemade pita bread. Homemade pita. Wow. Yeah. Now I went all in. I went all in. So I I, I found a recipe uh, for a, a sort of flatbread that was the consistency of what I was looking for for the okay. pita, and I kind of wanted a decent sized one. And I was like, okay, that made one. I'm just gonna multiply that by five. Um, because okay. there's five of us, uh, it made a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Did you did you accidentally exponentialize that? I don't, I'm not entirely <laughs> sure. I think I was trying to make five times it, not to the fifth power. <laughs> I think what had happened was in the video that I was watching, maybe, maybe it was larger than I had thought from the look. <laughs> uh, but they came out quite good and. You know, a little homemade tzatziki that I had made the night before to let that chill. I did a little um, sliced grape tomatoes with feta cheese and kalamata olives that I tossed with a little Ooh, bit of nice. olive oil and some parsley. Commence me with those tomatoes, but the rest of that sounds fantastic. And then um, cut up some fresh, crunchy, crisp romaine lettuce. Okay. Oh, my goodness. Wow. It was a treat. It was a treat. It sounds pretty fantastic. I really I've never it. actually had a for love of God, will someone, anyone, I don't care who it is, just tell me how to pronounce that word. Euro? Well you said gyro before. I, did. I specifically I, said Euro now just to get under your skin. <laughs> I thought you're gonna come up with something really obscene like gyro. Gyro. <laughs> is it is it Euro? Is it gyro? Is it gyro? Is it gyro? Is it orgy? What is it? The first time I heard the word Euro was the X-Men skit where Gambit is going to throw a Euro. (laughs) You're going to throw the Euro. (laughs) I could throw the Euro. Are we we talking about a lovely Middle Eastern lamb thing, or are we talking about the standard currency of the European Union? I don't know. I will say that there's also this... (laughs) Nice. There's this other uh, place that we go to that, that makes it good. I say gyro. I've always had gyro, so I'm going to continue to say that. But this place, I think they tried to nip in the bud by saying they're on their menu. It is actually spelled Y E E R O. Spell it phonetically. Uh, that's, uh, I guess, the best way you can handle it because I've heard too many people equivocate. Oh, it could be either one. No, it it clearly is. Supposed it's got to be one or the other, right? A particular way. Tell me which way. I really don't care. Uh, whatever it is that you want to tell me, it is. I will stick to. I just I. I've heard it pronounced so many different ways, mm. and it frustrates the fuck out of me. 
Tell me how that word is supposed to be pronounced. This place is called Greek Eats, and they spell it that way, so I assume that you would say it that way. But okay. then but then they go and make Greek empanadas. So I don't know. I don't know what kind Maybe of not the most they're reliable. standing on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that being said, their Spanakopita empanada is amazing. <laughs> they also have a spicy feta empanada. Oh, my goodness. Ooh, that oh, sounds fantastic. My goodness. Sorry, anytime I hear anyone say Spanakopita, I think of Bojack Horseman because there was a character named Anna Spanakopita. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. What, what did you eat? Okay, so what I have been consuming off and on for the last day and a half is... So I had a handful of vacation days left that I have been holding on to through January and February because two reasons. One, nothing really goes on January and February. Two, Omicron plus flu season. <clears throat> Figured I'd hang on to those until my year end, which is the end of February. Mm. In which case, the, my next year starts and I lose those vacation days. And then I was like, oh shit, I'm not going to be able to use these vacation days. We had two days at work where they just gave us off because the road conditions were so terrible with snow and ice, so I used a couple of days on that. Mm. But I still had two left, and I had trouble getting in, tr- in in touch with my HR. And we had, like, President's Day. And also, like, a snow day in there, which I used one of the vacation days. But I was like, okay, when do I literally use these days? And so f- I was like, I finally got a hold of them. I was like, listen, want to use these two days. Now I have technically passed my year end. It was like, can I just, like, use them this week so that I don't lose those days? And they're like, yeah, sure. So. I used one yesterday, which was Tuesday. Mm-hmm. I'm using one Friday this week, and then I'll be done and up to date with where I'm supposed to be. Sure. But <clears throat> me and Dominic's friend Brian also was like, oh, like I'm... When does he get elevated to your friend Brian? He's my friend too, but <laughs> he's, he's Dominic's <laughs> friend Brian. I don't know. I don't want to feel like I like, like I took his friend Brian. Like he's Dominic's friend, but he's my friend too. Mm. Our friend Brian. Our steak. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's not like a John Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt situation. I'll just call him my friend Brian for now. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> if it makes you happy. Thank you. Or like you with the Giro Gyro hmm. situation, maybe I'll keep mixing it up. Who oh, knows? okay. I need that. <laughs> um, so him and Dominic have made beef jerky a bunch of times. Sure. And so he's like, oh, if you're using one of these days, let's pick a day. And if I can get my work schedule to align with it, let's make beef jerky. So on Sunday, we met... And prepared the jerky and you know, sliced up like eight pounds of London broil and marinated it for, I don't know, let's call it 36 hours. Okay. And uh, it was a... Like, there's something uh, that tickles me about on Sunday, <laughs> we marinated the London broil for 36 hours. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, okay, I'm glad that I like that it. Is I... Provi- provided you joy and entertainment. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, we sliced up four London broils and uh, we marinated it in a recipe that I concocted by sampling many recipes out there in the world. And it's a honey sriracha ginger beef jerky. Nice. And you were talking about slicing up and marinating and honey, hot honey and all that stuff. And I was like, we're speaking the same language here. I, too, sliced up a bunch of steak, marinated it in hot sauce and honey and ginger. Um, 
I, I don't know why. Like all I can when we're the two of us are talking about like different meats like this, I just feel like we need to cut Miracle Max in, and the mutton is nice and delicious. Oh, trust me, it, I was <laughs> I was thinking it almost the whole time you were talking about the euro. So. <laughs> um. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, we made uh, what ultimately yielded. And I don't feel great about this measurement system, but we made a gallon of jerky. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, that's what happened was I was like, I took it. Yeah, you know, we split the whole thing. I was like, but um, he had to leave while I was still tending the last of it because it all doesn't unfortunately die. You were tending exactly to your meats. Yes, I was tending the meats. And um, I so I put it in two gallon sized bags and each bag is about half full. And I was like, he's like, all right, how much did we end up with? I was like, well, I don't have a scale. So the best way I can describe this is I have two half gallons. So a gallon of beef jerky. It's like, <laughs> I don't feel good about this, <laughs> but I have no better way to describe it. Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> Which, you know, prompted a conversation on like a desk of Cheez-Its or a hammock of cake, if you will. Mm. Um, circa old school family guy sure. but uh, yeah i have a gallon of honey sriracha ginger beef jerk and how did it come out oh it's delicious fantastic how do you what do you do to it so you marinate it sure typically 12 to 24 hours but 36. unfortunately the, the math worked out that way well i just i wasn't gonna be in the mood to do it monday night after work so i was like let's do it sunday when get we're that. off and um so almost all jerky i think typically has at least some base of soy sauce or if you're Allergic to soy coconut aminos, I guess. But um, what about tamari? I didn't have any of that in there. I don't even know what that is, actually. It's a gluten-free soy sauce. Oh, okay. Is that like a brand name or no? Okay, I, I don't know. No, never heard of it before. Mm. So we used regular old soy sauce, um, honey, sriracha. I grated some fresh ginger, a little black pepper, um, and uh, you know we just slathered it pretty good in that and let it marinate in the fridge for. You know, 36-ish hours. And mm-hmm. then you um, take a dehydrator. And, well, we had three dehydrators, actually, with, like, extended racks. So, uh, you know, because you want to lay it very, like, it's got to be a totally, like, thin layer. You can't have it stacked. Right. And, um, you know, you have to space in between all of it so that the airflow can continue to go past it. Okay. And, um, you know, it's, it's all these wire racks that stack neatly on top of each other. There's a solid base at the bottom with a couple of air vents. And then there's a mechanism that goes on top that you set a rough temperature range to, and um, it it dehydrates the meat. Uh, it took about eight hours because we set it to a really low setting. Because if you set it too high, it can really dry it out too much. Like okay. obviously, the purpose is to dry it out, but um, you can really get it to like basically essentially burn for all for mm. lack of a better term. Um, so we did it low and slow for like eight hours, and you know we just hung out. He was quote unquote working from home, which meant like periodically he would send an email. Sure. But you know, we hung out, had a had a couple of nice outdoor beers, uh, played a little Halo. Nice. You know, in between, yeah, you because know, we would rotate because like the racks are stacked on top of each other. There's obviously one rack is much closer to the dehydrator than the one on the bottom. So every half hour you rotate the racks so that it's as evenly yeah. you know, dehydrated as possible. So, you know, they were just hanging out, you know, watched some stuff, played some Halo. Had some drinks. Yeah, nice. it was a good day. It was a, a nice solid Sounds Tuesday. Good. How thick are you cutting? Like, how do you cut the meat? The, we had different approaches. <laughs> My pieces trended towards a little bit 
like smaller and thinner. His were a little bit bigger and thicker. Um, I don't want to say either of us got it right or wrong. Some of ours were probably perfect and some of ours were probably on far ends of the spectrum, less perfect. So gotcha. Um, I guess that does make for some textural delight because there's very different experiences piece to piece, mm. but uh, cool. Yeah. I think typically you want to go like an eighth to a quarter of an inch thick and I guess the length of it doesn't really matter so much, but sure. What now? What's going on in a dehydrator? Are we just blowing a certain temperatures worth of air through the rack? I think so. That's Something it. like that. That's all it is. Something like that. Yeah. All right. Cool. I don't know the actual science behind it now. Sure. I think there's like a dehydrate button on my air fryer. I'm sure it works similarly. It's got a fan and yeah. and heat. So I assume that's pretty much it. It's got racks. You know. Yeah. Nice. Uh, so after, with leftovers from the, what if I say Jiro? Does that, is that a good mix? <laughs> the leftovers from the Jiro. I had, so did I you hear, used, did you hear when I gave like the four or five different things? I, I slipped in the word orgy too, just cause that's, uh, uh-huh. an anagram of it, I guess. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> you just threw me off completely. I love it. I, I used a leg of lamb. Uh, bone in the, and that I roasted. So I saved the bone and some meat that was still clinging on for two. You made life. lamb stock? I made split pea and lamb soup. I know your mom has historically made the split pea and ham soup. So you did it with lamb instead? I did. How did that come out? Delicious. I've never actually had the soup your mom made for It's me. good. It's good. I make that soup also because it's very, it's just easy. Um, yeah. It's very easy soup to make. And it's usually very, very flavorful. The ham one. <laughs> Fill pot with water. Jam whole ass leg <laughs> in, into water. Right. Profit. Right. I broke, <laughs> I mean, I broke, I had to break the leg. Um, yeah, I'm sure it would have been sticking out, right? So. <laughs> was uh, pretty good for my self-esteem. Okay. Um, but it, it got it in there. So you didn't cut it, you broke no, it. No, I broke it. Uh, and I, I would have thought chops on maybe again, <laughs> got it in there and, uh, <laughs> that it's, that it cooked it for a few hours, like on the low, nice low, most simmer. And, and slow. I added more water multiple times because the, those, those split peas are hungry fuckers <laughs> and they, oh, they will soak really? that up and it'll get it's, real thick. It's just, it's just, they're just peas or not. It's dry split peas. Oh, okay. Uh, Cause I'm like. Cause like I know, like my dad makes a beef and barley stew, and the barley drinks up all the stew. Yeah, it's so similar to to that. But I didn't realize that split peas came dried. I assume yeah. like most of the times when I have like peas cooked like that, it's like a frozen bag of peas, which gotcha. does not drink up water. Yeah, right, no, so. these are these are an interesting consistency in their own in their own right, and uh, it makes for like at 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 varying times throughout the day, it was it was split pea lamb stew. For sure. Ah, of course. Um, but I kept adding water and more seasoning. And the one difference that I found between the uh, making the split pea with the lamb versus the ham is that, as you may know, hams are salty and uh, you don't, it doesn't require much seasoning to keep it at a nice flavor profile. Mm. Um, but the lamb by no means was cured or anything like that. So no. it was uh, along the additional water. I had to additional season and yep. make sure, but I stayed, I, I got it a, a pretty consistent flavor the whole time through its cook. And uh, I was pretty happy where it came. From. Okay. Okay. Pretty happy. I had leftover pita that I dipped in the soup. Oh, perfect. 
because like I said, we made a good nine pitas. <laughs> <laughs> Exponential growth. One of them was a, was a pizza. The first one, when I thought that I was making them, when I thought I was making five, I had cut all of the dough that I had made into five equal pieces. Mm. The first one was very thick and fluffy pizza. <laughs> and it was delicious, but uh, not, not, it wouldn't have been a good idea <laughs> to eat it that way. For a <laughs> Yeah. But what else were you eating? You, had, you said you had another thing. Oh, no, I said you, you Oh, said you with my, I, my I had one. Got it. Yeah. Awesome. I mean, as far as other consumption, though, I assume you're watching a bunch of shit. I am. What are you watching? You assumed correctly. So let's start with, um, we mentioned it, I want to say it was last episode, and they dropped the first three episodes this past weekend. Um, I watched the first two of the three episodes of Our Flag Means Death. Cool. And? Verdict? It's it's incredibly silly. (laughs) As one might expect. So I didn't realize that the lead is, what's his name, Reese Darby, I think. Mm -hmm. He's... um, I guess he's a New Zealander. He's the guy from Yes Man. He played mm-hmm. Jim Carrey's boss. Okay, yep. so you know who he is. Like, I was just surprised because, like, like the first like thirty seconds, I was like, "Oh, it's that guy." <laughs> I'd love to invite you over for my party. I'm out of town. I haven't told you what it is yet. <laughs> Next Saturday, I'm out of town. <laughs> he's kind of basically playing the exact same character, but in this case, so like the premise of the show is apparently it's very loosely based on a real story. Um, from like the 1700s. And <laughs> <laughs> there was some British nobleman whose name I've already forgotten um, who decided that he wanted to be a pirate. Sure. And he, he that old chestnut. That. Yeah, he does that. And um, he's he's not pirate material. He's just not. And he has a bunch of pirates who are, you know, they're more pirate like than him. None of them are very good pirates. Some of them are bloodthirsty, but none of them are very mm. talented in pirating. Um, and it's just, it's exactly what you would expect from that sort of show with like takeaway TT sensibilities. He hasn't actually shown up yet in the first two episodes. Excellent. Uh, I guess he plays Blackbeard mm-hmm. from what I understand. Um, there's a lot of talk of Blackbeard so far and he, Blackbeard has been on screen in a very mythological sense. Okay. <laughs> so people recounting the terror of Blackbeard <laughs> pirating. And he's like basically a demon. Awesome. And uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just been, it's been fun. I, I'm not going to say it's the greatest show ever so far. Um, but well, you're having th- fun. These sorts of shows always are a little rough to begin anyway. Yeah. And I thought the second episode was overall probably better than the first one anyway. But um, that's again, not uncommon for a pilot to be pretty rough as it tries right. to establish a lot of what's going on, which is really tough for a comedy, especially I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's, it is entertaining. I've, I've done some good laughing. There's, there's a couple of recognizable faces. Hodor is one of the pirates. Ah. Um, a couple other people who like, you're like, Ooh, I think I've seen him in something. Yeah. Um, the, I guess he's the first mate is Ewan Bremner. The, uh, he's a Scottish actor. He was in like train spotting and, um, he was in, um, what's it called? He was in, uh, the first wonder woman. He played the, uh, the, I guess he was a sniper, right? Who was the, uh, PTSD. Okay, and I just looked him up just to I know who you're talking about. Okay, yeah, yeah. but uh, yeah, no, cool. it's good. It's it's been fun. It's a you know it's a short watch. It's uh, I don't know that this is gonna be something I like like sit down for as appointment television, but it's like throughout the week or every couple of weeks I'm gonna probably yeah, catch back down. up to what's going on. And, yeah, yeah, no, I, I've I enjoyed it so far. I definitely want to see where it goes. 
Nice. I'd like to. I would like to watch one and one or two and see how I how it fares for me. Um, it seems fun, but like I could see what you're saying. I, I have that suspicion going in that like it's probably going to be a bumpy first few episodes. Yeah, um, it, it is. But like there are definitely some laughs to be had in there. Yeah, I just have to be in the mindset to accept that. I think when I put yeah. it on, otherwise I'll just not watch it. Yeah, um, I think if you're just looking for some light entertainment, that's what you do to you just mid to light treason. Exactly. Um, so oh, uh, yeah, it's 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 worth checking out. Cool. I just finished the after party, which mm. was really entertaining. Yes, so, I remember you talking about that. Was the last episode or the episode before? Yeah, probably the probably the one before. Christopher Miller's the after party, uh, and it's just a really fun murder mystery that goes the episode, the first episode of like the stuff happening, and then it's like. The the cop interviewing, trying to figure out what's what happened, interviews each member of the party to get their story of the night, uh, and then seeing everything from these different perspectives and angles along the way with a big comedic spin on the entire thing. Mm-hmm. Um, just a as lot of laugh out loud. Was that so? As one would expect from Christopher. Yeah, Miller. a lot of a lot of laugh out loud stuff to be had in there, and. Um, Probably a good, good, a fun, a fun reveal in the end for sure. Um, and one of the things I've noticed though is like there, it, it, there's something, there does some seem to be a little bit of something missing here and there throughout it, and I do wonder if it has to do with like the two of them are normally working together and making something. I was so going to ask missing you, a little bit of identity. I was going to ask you about that. Like, did the two of them break up or? Uh, no, I think. Uh, I or he think just Lord maybe EP'd on it. Oh, okay. Um. But this is, it's like, it says, like, it, it doesn't say Lord Miller, like, all those things say. It's like Christopher Miller, like, directed okay. by, um, and then it, Lord showed up It one of the things, but it's always moving too fast for me to catch what was going on, or okay. to go back to. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's really, really entertaining. And also, you know how much um, I love me some Ben Schwartz, so, like, it's just absolutely clean. There's just so much, uh, everybody's bringing it. Like, <laughs> and like in just the best way, and they're all so funny. Yeah, and um, it's it was really it was really it was it was a fun watch. It was like Clue, but stretched out. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's incredible how short Clue is. Yeah, <laughs> when you consider that, like the full runtime of it, when it includes all three endings, is like eighty nine minutes. Yep, yep, absolutely. Um, but I would recommend folks give that one a go. I think it's what was it eight episodes? What's eight that episodes on again? That's on Apple TV. Okay. Um, but just it just ended. But I also I I feel like at this point, anytime I see Sam Richardson, I get excited. I'm like, what <laughs> whatever you're gonna do, I'm here for. Like, I just want to watch you do your thing because there's just it's something... kind of always the char- same character, but Richard Split is an iconic character. It is so. like he's because he's just so. He's just such a nice, good person all the time, bumbling a little bit, unsure of himself, but you know, good heart all around. <laughs> and it's just—he's—he's—he's <laughs> he's a himbo. He's he, what? He's a himbo. A himbo? Yes, correct. What does that mean? Like, like a a bimbo, but he a himbo. Oh, that's a that's a thing. I didn't make that up. Interesting. I Interesting. I like that. Um, but anyway, he's he's a lot of fun. And him and Ben Schwartz are best friends in the movie, oh, in the show. So I could see if you squinted Ben Schwartz being able to fill in for Tim Robinson as his best friend. 
That's <laughs> fair. <laughs> oh, man. But, yep, I recommend it. What else are you watching? Well, I guess let's keep with the Apple TV, and mm. I will mention that I got a three-month plus one-week free trial of... Yeah, I don't I don't know how don't I can't explain it, but I have a three month plus one week free trial of Apple TV. Nice. So I started watching Ted Lasso. Ah, oh, fantastic. What a treat. <laughs> well, I've just been waiting for an opportunity to do it without having to pay for it. Uh, so here, here it is. My uh, goodness. Three, three months and one week. I think it was because there was a specific deal with LG and my phones or my, my TVs and LG. And so cool. I saw it like in the like the app store. It's like, hey use your free trial of, of Apple TV. And I was like, I, don't twist my arm. If you give me three months of it, like, cause sure. there's a million of those services like, Oh, watch free for one week. And it's like, I'm not going to like get the utility out of this unless I take a week off. So, right. um, but three months, like I can do that. Yeah. Um, Excellent. so I watched an episode before we were recording today. Uh, that was like the eighth episode, seventh or eighth episode of the first season. That's, um, which I think by far has been the best episode of the first season. It's the one where they travel to Liverpool where they hadn't won in forever and mm. they win. Mm-hmm. That was a phenomenal episode yeah. of television. Yeah. Cause <laughs> like, I mean, obviously the whole point of the show is balancing the funny and the silly with the serious mm-hmm. and the ratio on that's a little different every episode, Yeah, which is kind of cool. Cause it keeps you on your toes a bit where you can't really feel like you've established into a, a rut in either direction. Like yeah, that, that balancing act is probably really tough to do. And they've been pretty much nailing it as I've noticed so far in the first season. And that episode had some of the highest highs of the comedy and some of the lowest lows of the dramatic yeah. and really, really strong episode television. I love, I, I I love that, that show so much. I'm glad you're finally watching it. Yeah. No, trust me. It's never been a lack of desire. Yeah. It's just been a lack of desire to pay Apple to, for the privilege of watching it. So, so at this point, have you, have you seen the Caesar you later joke? The the which one? Caesar you later. I don't remember that. One. Oh, okay, so you maybe it's. I'm pretty sure it's the first season. So I don't know how many episodes there are altogether. So it may be coming. Uh, okay, but it's a. There was one episode that I was kind of sort of dozing in the last five minutes of it. It was the one where his wife and kid come. Like I don't remember all the details. Uh, uh, I don't remember what else was going on in this episode. I do remember that he's in Rebecca's office and, uh, oh my God, what is his name? Um, the, his, her lackey. Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember his name either. Damn. He's so funny too, but he's, Ted is like, I'll see you. We're gonna oh, have- the Caesar salad. Yeah. I thought you said, I think you said seizure. No, like, no, no sorry. Like, the Caesar you later. Yes. Yes, I did. <laughs> that, that I would like, I'm pretty sure like I spit out my water with that flying jump he does back through the door yeah yes and points at him <laughs> i love it i don't know why but like that is that got me so i had to rewatch it a couple times because yeah because he, he offers her to like have lunch or dinner or something like that and she's like i don't have time for all this he goes no none of us has something he goes well me and him are having lunch together in his office yeah. uh caesar salads and he goes yeah i'll caesar you later <laughs> <laughs> i love it i love it so I mean, I don't know, maybe it would change in the second season. I don't know if anyone's been added or whatever. Who, who was your favorite character in the first season? Mm. Um, I don't remember. I At this point, I'm pretty sure Roy is always my favorite. Okay, so I was going to say, there's probably no wrong answer, but my 
favorite character so far has been Roy. He's <laughs> utterly ridiculous. If you rage think machine. he's other utterly ridiculous, and then just becomes that, that cartoon evolves into even more of a character who is trying to understand himself and relationships in the second season in a way that is just. It's just wonderful. Well, it's been pretty <laughs> obvious from like the, I don't know, fourth or fifth episode on that he's the rage is a bit at this point because he doesn't know what he is without it. Right. Um, he kind of reminds me of a ornery British Mr. Furious. <laughs> <laughs> and I only kind of came to that conclusion in this last episode when Nathan does the roast, which was phenomenal. That mm. was a tremendous scene the before the game against Liverpool. Yep. And his the the whole where it comes to a head with Roy when he says Roy and Roy just stands up and he's just like standing with his chest out in front of him mm-hmm. and he immediately shrinks after having been emboldened by all of them enjoying the roast after initially thinking they were all gonna beat the shit out of him. Yeah. And yeah, you know, Roy snatches the papers out of his hand, he goes, No no no, don't read it, say it to my face. And he says it, and Roy just starts going and then walks over. <laughs> And rips the bench that was nailed <laughs> yeah. to the ground out of the ground and throws it. And goes, let's fucking get out there. And they all start going up. They run out and they, they obviously they go and win. Um, that was when it kind of coalesced for me. It was like, oh my god, he reminds me a little bit of Mr. Furious. That's great. That is awesome. I, I, I'm glad. So you are enjoying it then? Oh yeah, no, it's been Fantastic. it's been really good. I enjoy. The weird interplay between him and Coach Beard. Coach um, Beard is low-key, maybe, like, second best. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, you could choose Roy. You could choose Ted. You could choose sure. Coach Beard. You could choose Nathan. You could choose Sam. You could choose Danny Rojas. Sam is you great. Could- <laughs> <laughs> Football is life. <laughs> you you could choose Rebecca. You could choose Keely. Keely you yeah. could choose They're all- a bunch of characters. You could choose the guy who, again, I don't remember. Why can't remember I remember his name? The, gla- the glasses, Rebecca's assistant guy with the glasses. It's going to drive me crazy. I have to look it up. There are so many great choices for favorite character, um, but uh, I I just Higgins. really love Higgins. Yeah, Jesus. that's right. I just I I really enjoy all the little permutations of all of their relationships with each other. Yep. Um, it's it's a really it's a really enjoyable show. There's no question about it. Yeah, it's such. So, and you know, so I gotta say, fun. having the benefit now of like the like coming to this fresh after everyone met with it as a sensation like almost two years ago now. It felt like everyone downplayed how funny the show was or tried to act like it wasn't that... It was like a weird hipstery thing. Like, oh, it's not that funny, but it's like... It was like the perfect show what we needed in this time. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, it's it's okay to to say something is good. Yeah. Like, it's okay to say something is good on the merit. It's a, it's a funny show. It doesn't make it the funniest show in the world. There can be other shows that are funnier. It's a legitimately funny show in its own right. You don't have to rationalize it. Or whatever, like it's it's fine. Like you're gonna be okay to just say what it is, and it's it's very funny. Yeah, it is. It is very funny. Uh, I unapologetically love that show. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, the reporter uh, from the Independent. What's his <laughs> What's name? What's his name? Ted Krim. Is Ted that what Krim? it is? It's uh, definitely Krim. I don't. Yeah. I think it's Ted. Trent. Maybe it's Trent Krim. I don't Trent know. Krim? Something like that. Trent. Yeah. I, mean, <laughs> I love my favorite yeah. version of that though was when. When uh, he's taking questions in one of the press conferences is after the one where they spend the whole day together and he profiles them. Mm-hmm. And he goes, you know, he's choosing names from the reporters because at this point he feels more comfortable and knows them. And he goes, Trent Krim, the independent. <laughs> and, he, and he stands up and he goes, Trent, Trent Krim, the independent. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. It's so funny. I also love that, like, 
you know, Ted is always speaking so fast and he has his little sayings. And I love when people are thrown and don't know what he says and they like look to coach Beard. The first the first four or five episodes of the show could have been subtitled Ted Lasso, non sequitur of the show. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not just him, although that's a lot of it, the interaction, but there yeah. are so many non sequitur conversations. Some of them are hilarious. Some of them are head scratching. But there are so many times where there's two people talking and they're not having the same conversation. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my goodness! There's a. I just love the translations when then Coach Beard has to do it for people because he understands Ted. Um, yes. And there's a there's one coming up for you in the second season, which we had to rewind it a couple times only because it moved so fast that I actually couldn't understand what Ted was saying. I got what mm. Coach Beard was saying, but I didn't hear the words that Ted was saying. And he's talking about the team, and he's like, "They're just a uh, wigwam and a teepee," and and <laughs> everybody looks to Beard and he goes. The two tenths. <laughs> well, I think already my favorite scene of his just came up in this episode, too. It's when he's singing, um, uh, was, I think it was a Lady Gaga song during the karaoke. Yes. <laughs> I forget which song it was now, but he's he was singing like a, a Lady Gaga song during the oh, karaoke. All of their karaoke song choices. Sam was singing Wonderwall. Yeah. Uh, which was funny. Um, Rebecca sings... Um, let it go. Um, there was a, another one too. I don't remember what it was. And, but yeah, <laughs> coach beard was singing a lady Gaga song, but like at the end, like the music cuts out. It's just him singing it acapella for like 15 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I love It's so much fun. I'm so glad you're watching it and can't wait for you to, to keep. Yeah. I'm glad I finally been able to, I'm on a, really make the most of this because there are a bunch of shows i've been intrigued by i want to check out foundation i know you started watching yeah it i have to go back to that i have like i think i maybe three or four episodes into it i was really enjoying it too i know i know dominus friend brian really likes uh foundation <laughs> i know he started watching I, one it. of these days you're gonna throw out like your friend brian i'm like wait i don't know <laughs> what are you talking about now <laughs> oh goodness and uh, of course we got a couple Oscars uh, flicks that you can now check out as well. Go on. Coda. Coda's <laughs> oh, up for Best Picture. That's on there. That's right. And Macbeth uh, is not Best <laughs> Picture, but he's up for it. Oh, okay. I was kind of interested by that one. Same. Especially since I don't know anything about Macbeth. I've, I never read that one or saw any version of it. So Yeah. I don't think I... Did I read that one? I feel like I did read it, but like... I read Romeo and Juliet, Julius Caesar, and Hamlet. I didn't read Hamlet. Those I read Macbeth. Those are the only three I ever had to read. I, I'm going to be honest with you. I hated reading Shakespeare. Oh, yeah. for Well, for two reasons. One, I don't enjoy reading plays. Mm-hmm. I, I'll, I'll watch a play. Yeah. But I don't feel like I get anything out of reading the and two, obviously, there's that language barrier of Shakespearean English being so far removed from what we speak now. Yeah. It's like you have um, to, like, really dig into every single line to, like, I don't know. It's just not, it, I just never really cared for it. Yeah. It's almost like reading another language. Yeah. You have to sometimes have to go back entire, like, pages or sections to, like, what the fuck are they talking about right, right now? Yeah. So bizarre. Uh, Cool. That was you. What am I watching? Uh, I have been continuing on with The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, which I love. And 
I'm looking to see where it goes. Finally got to see some Lenny Bruce again, who was a character that we, that we love in this household. Um, unfortunately it wasn't a great showing. He was being kind of a dick. Mm. Um, but it's also, I, there was a scene somewhere in the last season of the season before where I was like, Oh, at some point during the run of this show, Lenny's going to die. <laughs> and oh, like, yeah. and like, I like, you know, there's nothing, there was nothing specific that they were hinting at. It's just that the way that it's going, the way that his character is developing, the darkness that's there, this character is going to die and it's going to be a problem. It's going to, it's going to mentally impact Midge Maisel, like mm. in some way it's going to have, have some effect on her career and life going forward. I think, I don't know what they're going to do with it. I still believe that that's going to be the case, especially with this tease when they brought him back and he was still, he's definitely in a rough place. Mm. Um, so I'm kind of curious where it goes, but man, it's such a fast-paced show. The, the line delivery is really quick. There's a lot of extended, um, like, single, was it, uh, like, one-shots, like, where they, they'll follow the character through, like, like corridors and stuff as they're talking. And move. The choreography is so impressive because it actually feels like it comes off more like of a like a stage play, the way that they're moving and talking and throwing lines back and forth. But they yeah. just have a lot more room to work with because it's not a set. No, it's not. It's not a stage. Yeah. So it's, it's there's something cool about it. Um, it's really. It's just really. It, it's such an entertaining watch. It's like I feel like you're like mesmerized when you're watching it by the way that it's it's shot. That's one that I've always wanted to get to, and I just haven't gotten to yet. Yeah. Um. Uh, my uh, one last time, I'll bring it back to Ted Lasso real quick. I've noticed that there's something similar that they've done in, in the show that you were just describing, where they'll do like a tracking shot of someone walking and like they'll pivot to another character without changing like a cut. Yeah. Which I like that, like baton passing. It's kind of, mm-hmm. it's just kind of a cool visual language to have for the audiences, like things just to show the circles within circles of all these characters, how interconnected they all are. Yeah. The way you were, you were describing with the, like the following people through stuff like that just reminded me of that. Like I noticed, I've noticed it kind of like subconsciously a couple times. And then in this most recent episode, there was like a really aggressive one where like Rebecca's friend was leaving to go out to smoke mm-hmm. and she walked past Ted and Ted standing at the concierge and the scene just pivots directly to the conversation Ted's having. Yeah. But then she walked back on screen like 90 seconds later. I love that. That that's a really cool like it's such a little thing. It's not like a big bombastic like thing from like an action sequence or whatever. Like and there's some really cool things you can do with that, right? Like mm-hmm. the, all the like the big like one shot like hallway scenes and stuff like that or nineteen seventeen. Like, no something like nineteen seventeen. <laughs> like I guess the the closest equivalence to this would be something like Birdman, right? Um which again kind of goes back to what you're saying about like a stage production, mm-hmm. but yeah, I don't know. It's just it's a cool, subtle little thing that's that just keeps you engaged with what's going on. Yeah, they and they hold on to even if they even if they extend it for like two more minutes, they hold on to you in a way that like it creates so much more immersion. Even in a place like this, where it doesn't necessarily it's not necessary like to no, have that, but it's but it's just, nice. Yeah, to have it's, it. it's artsy and it's like fun and it's. Like, yeah. I see what you did there. I appreciate and respect it. Like, you didn't need to yeah. do that. Like, they didn't and that's need the end to... of it. It doesn't have to be any more yeah. <laughs> than that, you know? It's great. Um, cool. What else are you watching? Um, so I finished last night. Uh, I think technically it ended a week or so ago, but obviously we hadn't recorded, so it didn't matter. I finished the most recent season of Righteous Gemstones. Oh, okay. Um, I have really enjoyed this show. 
the first season was good. It's that very stereotypically Danny McBride weird and uncomfortable almost at all times. Mm-hmm. Um, second season as well. Well, first of all, when I watched the first season, knowing what happened with vice principles, where it was a planned two seasons and they did two seasons. And like, that's like a really weird, like they, I think they basically shot it all at once. They just released it to like all year apart. Like, but with righteous gemstones, it sounds like they had a more nebulous plan for it. Mm-hmm. And at the throughout and at the end of the first season, it didn't seem like the type of thing they would just end there, but also I was kind of curious what more of that show would look like. Cause mm-hmm. they resolved not just a lot, like almost all the storylines, but a lot of the central tensions between the characters. Sure. So I was like, huh, what is another season of this look like? Like it probably could just be that, mm-hmm. like I'm not opposed to seeing more of it and I'm sure they'll come up with something clever, but like, what exactly without backsliding on like a lot of character development. And and there's a lot of shows like that where like, you know, you can make some big breakthrough in a character and then you backslide slightly when it comes to, even if you come to terms with two characters who were butting heads, come to terms with some major thing they were fighting over. They may just be oil and water characters. Mm-hmm. So you can always kind of mine new territory there. Although sometimes it can feel like you're undoing it and kind of retconning it for the sake of drawing out the tension. Yeah. So there was a little bit of that that it was guilty of in the second season. But the first part of the season, I kind of just wasn't sure what the actual central tension of like the overarching season storyline was going to be. It felt a little weirdly contrived or like they were ginning up into like an A level of importance, like what was really kind of a C storyline. And it took probably two thirds of the season to really flesh out what was actually going on. And then it just shoots out of a cannon from there. And yeah, the last okay. several episodes really like, not like the first half of the, or so of the season was bad. It's just like the central story didn't seem propulsive enough to me. It kind of, there was some really good character moments and there was some really entertaining and funny shit that was going on and just ridiculous hijinks. But like the actual story left something to be desired for the first half or so. And I still don't think that like like retroactively it made the first half of the season better, but like the final couple of episodes were so turned up to eleven and so good that it makes up for and covers some of those inconsistencies early on in the season. And so hmm. I do wonder how much is like affected by maybe sh- making a show in the pandemic, and how much is made up from okay, we didn't have a good plan for what a second season would look like, um, but again, they kind of sort of leave this season, and it's like. Well, you could kind of maybe end this show here, but like there still are. I think what they've proven is there's always going to be some skeleton in some closet that's going to get gotcha. revealed. Okay, interesting. Oh, it was good. I don't. I'm not. I don't want to make it sound like that was a negative review of sure. the season. It it was probably a seven point five or eight. You know, what I mean, like it was. Yeah. It was good. It was just unconventional by the archetypes by which you kind of judge a season of television. Right. Interesting. I um. What am I watching? I'm watching. Well, I hate watching The Walking Dead. <laughs> uh, I'm actually going to lump these three together. Uh, not because they're not. They're not, not. None of these are groundbreaking television. But there's things that I uh, I have started. I'm deep into, so I will see them through. Uh, the Walking Dead, as you know, begrudgingly, I'm watching it. This is us. I'm watching it. I I still enjoy it. It's time. It, it's been time to wrap it up. They are wrapping. Oh it yeah, up. My, my mom gave up on that a season or two ago. I think they're doing some good stuff right now with the closeout of the show. 
Uh, so that's cool. And then Million Little Things has... Some of the things have gotten a little outlandish to the point of like, you're going to have to rein this back in to keep the story at least semi-grounded. And like, it's like there's two... These people are going through too many things. Like, I know we all go through stuff. But that, that show... From what little I know of it from the promotional material and what you told me like while watching the first season, feels like possibly the worst intersection of This Is Us and The Righteous Gemstones, where it's like, how does this show sustain itself past once? Yeah, and it's on like four or five, I think. That, that Matt sounds right. I you th- would know. Better yeah. than I don't know. It's, it's fine. Like, there's some good stuff. I mean, there's like, there are straight characters that I just like straight up don't care about, though that are, you know, still core characters of the show. So, like, when their scenes come on, it's like, that's when I'll go fill my water or, like, <laughs> brush my teeth, take the bathroom break, you know, and just, like, I just don't really care. Um, but then, of course, and there's some other interesting things that are going on. So, like, we'll see how it plays out. Um, it's it's not a it's not a big investment because we yeah. are watching it weekly as it airs. So. Okay. But what else you got? Um... I have two movies oh. that I watched like two weekends ago now. Uh, <laughs> um, one of them, prompted by you alerting me to it being on HBO Max, was The King's Man. Oh, excellent. So that was um, an interesting watch. It was uh, doesn't quite nail the tone of the first two. Nope. Uh a lot of that feels intentional. Mm-hmm. It's kind of also, its own thing, but it's also not. It's weird. Uh, so I think they probably made a choice, probably the right choice fairly early on, that if we're going to make a movie about World War One, there's only so much comedy we can mine here. Yeah. Because it's World War One. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked it, but yeah. it, it's not nearly as good as the other two. No, no. But I think, like, I, I, gut check would be probably like a 6.57 um, if I were to give it, but I, it's an entertaining watch all the way through, I feel like. And then, uh, my, I, my dad just watched it. So we were talking a little, and my, my, actually both my parents watched it and, um, we were talking about it this weekend and I was like, for a movie that is, that is fine. It's entertaining enough. It's a good watch. Uh, I have never before in my life watched a movie and went, <gasps> <laughs> and as you know, there's a scene that prompted that. And I think I told you last week, if I had pearls, I would have clutched them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I can guess uh i'm not so surprised by the end result i was just of that scene i'm assuming we're talking about the same scene yeah but more so how it went down yeah it was so quick <laughs> yeah well yeah it was so sudden in the moment um also the perpetrator of that is funny because when he first stood up indignantly i was like is that no that can't be and then the whole scene played out and i was like no, that's right. That is that guy. It was Robert Arameo, the the guy who played young Ned Stark mm. uh, in the the flashback, mm-hmm. um, who's going to be playing young Lord Elrond in right. um, the Rings of Power show. Weird that I would be able to pull him out of that so quickly for a guy who was in like eight minutes of Game of Thrones. Rings of Power, one horn, swaggle them, swaggle them all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, the the other movie that I watched. That weekend was on Amazon, which I mentioned to you a few weeks back. Uh, it was I Want You Back. Mm-hmm. So in like pop culture, there's been a lot of conversation for the last few years. I know we've kind of touched on it some, too. The rom-com disappeared. Yeah. And 
then it kind of resurfaced sort of on like streaming services, most specifically Netflix. This was a pretty good rom-com. Then I am in because I, I love a good rom-com. It's surprisingly well crafted and didn't make me want to hate everyone as much as I do most rom-coms. Okay. But was still having the vague level of absurdity that's required in a rom-com and a vague amount of, I have to hate all these characters a certain amount for at least the first half of this movie, because all of them are kind of in their lowest point. Um, but it was interesting. It was an interesting movie is a super weird premise. It's so it starts with Jenny slate is dating. Um, is it Scott Eastwood? Clint Eastwood's son. Mm-hmm. Um, and Charlie day is uh, dating. Oh, I always forget her name. The uh, she was in Annihilation. She was in Jane the Virgin. She was the star of Jane the Virgin. I I just I for life my camera. Gina Rodriguez. That one. Um, <laughs> uh, and the two of them break up with Scott Eastwood breaks up with Jenny Slate and Gina Rodriguez breaks up with Charlie Day in like the first five minutes of the movie. Okay. During like dueling scenes where they keep like coming back yep. and forth to the two things. None of the four of them know each other. Gotcha. But these two things are happening concurrently. Uh, Charlie day is being broken up with by his girlfriend at his girlfriend's niece or nephew's birthday party. Oh God. <laughs> and Jenny Slate and Scotty Eastwood are out on what I looked like supposed to be some sort of like brunch date. And they both get broken up in very public fashion. <laughs> Both of them go into huge tailspins. Cool. We see very little of the other significant other for a while. And eventually these two characters have, I definitely don't want to call it a meet cute because both of them are crying in the staircase of the office building. They uh, work meet in. ugly. Yes. Uh, yeah. Meet ugly cry, I guess would probably be the best way to call it. Um, and uh, ugly. Yeah. They create a pact in which when either one of them wants to call their ex, they'll call the other person instead. Okay. Um, and this isn't like a grief bang situation. This yeah. isn't anything like it's a purely platonic relationship of like co grief counseling each right. other. And eventually we start to see a little bit of the stories of the other two, because what happens is the two of them make a pact where they're going to try and break up the others <laughs> ex from the new relationship they're in, cool. which is totally absurd. Yep. And even like, <laughs> The the plan is like Jenny Slate's gonna seduce um Gina Rodriguez's new boyfriend. Right. And because <laughs> Jenny Slate doesn't believe that Charlie Day can seduce Scott Eastwood's <laughs> new girlfriend, the idea is he's gonna go become best friends with Scott Eastwood and <laughs> undermine the relationship. Okay. It's just ridiculous. I like it. I like it. Yeah, that no, it's fun. it's it's a fun movie there there is a heart to it a little bit more conscious effort to this isn't just well by the end of this we're going to find ourselves like they put in the work to find themselves in this movie which a lot of rom-coms they tend to skip that step yeah a lot of ways or don't really earn it i i liked it It, it's more well written than a lot of those It, it feels more it just all of it feels a little bit more earned than the old slew of the and i i haven't seen some of the legacy rom-coms like even from like the 90s and 80s and stuff like that um my kind of wheelhouse of all those was call it like late 90s to late 2000s mm-hmm. um i've always enjoyed the genre to a certain extent i love it 
Yeah. yeah. Um, so this was this was cool. It was just different because I just I feel like I haven't really watched one other than like when we did what's it called just for Christmas. Yeah, but you, you, I mean that's a fifteen year old movie. Yeah. So um, yeah, no, it's it's fun. I, I think it would be a, a good movie for like you and Kim. Like just like I imagine the two of you would be able to enjoy that. She together. she'll be pumped. We're we're always we're always looking forward. One it's on Amazon. We'll, uh... It came out like a month or so ago. Cool. We're, it was a good we're movie. In, actually. Uh, on the Charlie Day train the other day, I was working um, later at night, so I, I put a movie on in the background, and that movie was Horrible Bosses, which I had not put on in a long time. And my goodness, if that movie is not fantastic, like it is, it's so fun. Like every, it's left out loud all the time. Like every time I've seen it, there's just something. Even like things that I I know are coming, just the way they delivered the three of them going back and forth. The great Alfred Hitchcock, Danny DeVito movie. <laughs> Throw Mama from the train. <laughs> uh, there's just so many great lines, and I, I just love, I love the characters. I was drag racing in a Prius. I don't, I don't win a lot. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. What's your name? I have was I don't feel like your name's not really Jerry. What's your real name? Akmanad. 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 Buddy, that name's a nightmare. I'm gonna call you Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's, he's just he's it's so Atmanad. Yeah. <laughs> and then when they, he comes back at the end and he's recorded the whole. Yes. Uh, I have it. <laughs> we record all instances of a crash. <laughs> Um, that just reminded me that I saw today. Um, I didn't get to listen to it yet, but the the newest episode of Cinephobe kicks off a new month of Cinephobes, and spurred by their love of Horrible Bosses two, I mean they like the first one too. Obviously, mm-hmm. they did the second one for the show because the critic score on the second one was really low. Um, this month is kidnapping month. Okay, <laughs> so all kid, kid kidnapping movies. Um, the first one they're doing is Master of Disguise. Do you remember that movie? I've never seen it. I know oh. of it. I watched that a bunch as a kid when it first came out. Okay. It's a very, it's a very bad movie. Yeah, it's so bad. So I'm very I excited. I probably watched that movie in parts or entirety like ten times. And you know, like when you're like 12 years old and you have HBO and like it's like summer break and you watch the same movie like 10 times yeah, on of HBO. Course. That was one of them for for me when I was like eleven or twelve years old, mm-hmm. and um, I watched it like probably tenish times and never again. So I'm really curious to hear what I remember and don't remember from this episode. Right. <laughs> what? There's kidnapping in that movie. Yes. And some other kidnapping movies. I can't think of any that would be. Off the top of my head, like that'll be on Xenophobe specifically. Like off the top of my head, when I think of kidnapping, I think of ransom. Sure, that's going to be well, way too highly rated though to be on Xenophobe. Xenophobe, it's got to be below forty percent on either the critic or mm. audience score. That's there's no way that that movie is going to be rated that lowly. So yeah, sure. cool. That's fun. I'm sure there's a million movies that if you really rack your brain like this, yeah, and also like. To be fair, they've kind of sort of bent the rules on those things in the past where, like, there could be a kidnap that happens that has, like, 1% to do with what the movie's about, and that might be it. Um, like, one of when they did Ben Affleck Month, they did Smoke and Aces, and Ben Affleck's barely in that movie. Mm. Right? <laughs> Squeaked it in there. There is... It's funny, you had mentioned that the rom-com 
is is gone. Mm-hmm. And you had also just mentioned the movie Ransom, and that type of movie is also gone. Kidnapping? Not the kidnapping movie, just like the <laughs> there's something I guess like the thriller uh actions like star style I don't know what I don't know how to describe it, but like I could na- like ransom like snake eyes like like there's like movies from that time like there's like a whole like there's a whole bunch of them that all feel the same during nicholas cage month and it's like i don't know what you would call those movies but they 90s movies 90s yeah yeah i guess (laughs) i i guess i really i love 90s movies i love them yeah i would you i've never seen snake eyes Mm -hmm. um i've seen ransom and would you really call that a it's not an action movie. It's a, it's a thriller. It's a thriller. Yeah. I mean, like the, yeah. there was a couple of action scenes, but it's, no, not, it's not an action movie. They're it's not. it's a like a thriller, suspense, mystery type. Yeah. Movie. Yeah. Ransom, I remember being like a very well received movie. Am I am I missing? Yeah, no, it's that? a good movie. Yeah, okay, it's a good movie. I remember watching it. Um, Strong performances by Mel Gibson and Rene Russo and Gary Sinise. I. I remember getting the rundown of what that movie was about by one of cousin Tony's ex-boyfriends, Turtle. Oh, I don't remember. Uh, <laughs> and I was just like, I don't remember. I want to watch this movie. <laughs> Wait, that was sorry. I do vaguely remember him. That's a long time. <laughs> yeah, ago. it is. That's easily twenty to twenty-five years ago. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Wow. Yeah. It's a deep cut. It's isn't a family like deep a cut. Isn't she like a witch now? What? Isn't she like a witch now? I don't, I don't know. I think she is. Cool. Um, she married on top of a mountain or something. That's kind of, that's awesome. <laughs> non sequitur of the podcast. <laughs> uh, that's pretty cool. I am watching. Was that you or me that just went? Um, me. I am watching. <laughs> I think I kind of sort of hide, not hijacked, but like piggybacked off of one that you did. But gotcha. I think I'm. I think I'm. You're plum out. Yeah, I'm done with mine. Right. So like, it's it's up to you to finish. I got three category. more to go through. One, I watched one episode of Interview. I enjoyed it. It was silly. The interview. Sorry. Interview. Review. Review. Definitely review. Definitely review. And my. I was thing, like, was auto- an interview that Hugo Weaving movie we it, did last year? It definitely got uh, auto corrected. Okay. To interview, I watched review one episode of that. That was the you, cocaine. So you, you, yeah, you enjoyed that one. That was that was really good. That was very silly. Um. Uh, speaking of cocaine, I watched wow. John Mulaney's uh, return <laughs> to SNL. What a segue! <laughs> <laughs> and I've I've watched the last two episodes of SNL were very funny um, in a way that they haven't been in a while. I usually see who the guest is going to be on a weekly ish basis and then like decide whether i'm gonna watch or not i haven't even seen who's been on the last several weeks i, I had no idea john Mulaney was on until you texted me like four days after it happened yeah, as so. i was gonna say i would encourage you to watch it the last two episodes because the one that just passed was oscar isaac and that was also very good i i would have liked to have watched that one had i known he was on yeah uh, but the john Mulaney one comes out comes right out of the gate just telling it all as a joke <laughs> just everything that happened and it's very funny and well, I'm, glad he, I'm glad he can laugh about it. I'm sure there are other people in his life who can't. Yeah, well, there's, there's a, yeah, I know. There's a, it's, it's good. It's, it was, a, it was very, it was very entertaining. I will say, I, I don't know if you remember back when he hosted like last year or whatever it was or two years ago. Um, I remember of it. Kim and I were watching it, and I had pointed out 
that he was doing something weird with his mouth. And I was like, huh, I hope he didn't uh, fall off the wagon. He did. And he absolutely did. And he looks very different right now. And he was very funny, but he was also very much not the same style of delivery as he was last time he was on because he was clearly on something last time. Mm. Uh, but it was good. It was, and of course, in typical John Mulaney hosting uh, <laughs> SNL fashion, it was his, he, he was also inducted into the five timers ah. um, on that episode. But in typical John Mulaney fashion, there was also an entire musical number. And <laughs> it's just that, that one where they did the um, sound of music uh-huh. from a few years ago, that that's an all time. That was great. This one's pretty good too. Not not as good as that one. <laughs> Maybe I'm thirty eight. Yeah, I am sixteen, going on seventeen. Maybe I'm forty two. <laughs> oh man, that was good. But this one is uh, it's it's takes place in the subway. It's all about it's all about the subway. It's great. It's great. Um, there's a whole thing. There was a whole thing that had me absolutely tickled about random liquid on the floor of the subway train that is coming towards your feet. <laughs> Which, I think I actually did hear about that. I read online something about that. It's an experience I'm familiar with. <laughs> uh, uh. But that was a lot of fun. And the Oscar Isaac one I just watched before we started today. Um, that one was he. He had a couple of great skits in there, too. There was one ridiculous one with skin meatballs that you're just oh. going to have to see for yourself. Oh, uh, <laughs> I hate that sentence. Yep. <laughs> and, uh, and then finally, somehow, I ended up watching American Idol, and I'm—I've uh, kind of been sucked in. It's entertaining. Sorry, twenty years later, and after it died and was reborn, you got sucked into American Idol. Yeah, yeah. I uh, well, Kim was watching than... it because she watched it okay. when it was on, and so it was on. I sat down, and I was like, I'll watch this. <laughs> I had fun. I had a good time. Okay. There's a lot of times I find that uh, when something extremely embarrassing or cringy is happening in a movie or TV show, I turtle. I <laughs> I pull my shirt above my head, and I feel safe. And I watch so it now, through the fabrics <laughs> of the fibers of my shirt. Turtles become a weird theme in this. It episode. has, hasn't it? Because between Tony's ex-boyfriend and that, and also that just reminded me of Dana Carvey in The Master of Disguise. Oh, turtle, turtle. I actually know that scene. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I don't like this. I don't like this through line here. (laughs) We're going to be done with turtles after this, I think. Hopefully. I'm not sure if any turtles come up in Nightmare Alley. Um, I don't believe so. But uh, the... Yeah, I will hide in my shirt, and that happens occasionally with SNL. Not <laughs> SNL. That oh, that too. Uh, but it happens occasionally with the uh, with American Idol when you just can't bear to watch it, like a shebang situation. Like yeah, when you just like when you you're crawling out of your skin. Oh, my sister was over and put on a show. Love is blind. Love is blind. Yes, they don't see each other, but they get engaged. That whole thing. That's correct. Yeah. I've never watched it, but was, I'm familiar uh, with it. I, I was getting annoyingly invested in the episode. That, that on. feels like it would be a turtley show. Yeah. yeah. No, absolutely was. That's the. I mean, are we going to replace the term cringy with turtley? Utter. Yeah, I hope so. Utter tool bags across the board. That, that and it's just it was hard. It's so hard to watch. Um, yet we watched like four episodes. Slow motion train wreck. It was a uh, yeah. Yep. Anyway, 
It's a lot of stuff to be watching. It is. Uh, fun and games? It's up to you. Because uh, it's your turn to, to give the questions. So. You know what? Wait. To to, sorry. It's, you have the movie. I have the movie. Let's, let's do it. Um, it's important that we do it. Although I would have skipped it. But you'll find out by the end of why it's important that we have to do it. Oh, God. Um, I think you'll find out. So, well, or at least I'll explain it after the fact. So, because I picked this movie, I want you to know that I picked this movie at about 7.30 this evening. Okay. It's important. Right about when I texted you? Um, oh, maybe. Is that when you texted me? It's nothing to do with that, but so, that was around like the time that, yeah. that I picked it. And yeah. I just want you to remember that. It's going to be a movie with John Mulaney. It's not going <laughs> to. All right. Go, go for it. Oh, no. Sorry. You said you were watching the Oscar Isaac one. Yeah. Ooh, maybe it's an Oscar Isaac. Hmm. Okay. Is Oscar Isaac in this movie? No. <laughs> Damn! <laughs> um, you just guess, like, right <laughs> off the bat, a movie, and you get it in one? My goodness. We're going to retire this game. First question. Is it a most violent year? Done. <laughs> Let's go on to the movie. <laughs> what? <laughs> um, okay. Did this movie come out in or after the year 2000? No. Hmm. In or after the year 1990? Yes. Okay. Is it Ransom? <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Is it an action movie? Yes. This is a dumb question, because I think every single movie in the 90s was an action movie. Yeah. Again, <laughs> no, I, I, mean, obviously. I just, just to be clear, I feel like I probably would have hesitated for a second if I was thinking about it myself, but it is billed as an action movie. Okay. No, I'm just joking because we're because you were like, oh, I can't tell what to what net like links these two movies together. It's like, oh, they're '90s movies. <laughs> um, yeah, even uh, Notting Hill action movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I picked the '90s rom com. <laughs> nailed it. Um, I never actually saw that movie, but um, what was that? Uh, Mickey Blue Eyes. He was in that too, right? <laughs> Not think of the yes. same guy. Hugh Grant. Yeah. Yes. Sorry, I was watching a bit of The Gentleman the other day, and I, <laughs> I love a Bobby. <laughs> that that looks was like the very end, and they're doing like the whole flashback thing, um, and just his delivery of that line has cracked me up. Um, is it a sci-fi movie? No, that's five. Is it like a cop slash crime movie? Yeah. Okay. Hmm. Man, there's so many of those in the 90s, and I only know of like a third of them. I was going to say, that, that is also all of the 90s movies. A ni- 90s movies are action well, it's, it's, crime movies. It, <laughs> it's, it's all of the non-sci-fi 90s movies, and also half of the sci-fi 90s movies. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, because you get like Judge Dredd and like all of those movies, you know. Starship Troopers. Judge Dredd. That. Um, huh. Is it part of a series? No. So let's say I can rule out like a lethal weapon. <sighs> Is Keanu Reeves in? No. <laughs> I don't know. Immediately a couple of movies pop. Like I had Point Break. I had Speed. I had. Uh, it's probably too limiting, but still. Or it could have been a great play. It eliminated some things, though. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Sometimes when I really hit a wall, I'm just like, man, I really just wish I could ask who's in this movie. Right. <laughs> what, 
Who's it? Who you got? Um, was this movie like nominated for any major awards, major Oscars? Right, here we go. I'll play this. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> you should know. I'm gonna probably ask that question. Just have that up. Yeah. At least I know where to find the button now. Uh, no. Okay. You definitely picked my blind spot here. There's, there's a decent chance you stumped me on this one. Did, I feel like it's so funny that like, every movie seems to have a list of awards, whether they're like notable awards. It's just oh like, yeah, it's always some award that like I wrote it on like a blog somewhere, right? And like that gets pulled into IMDb, or it's and that's like on the poster winner of ten whatevers, and it's like like all like the like pull quotes all over. <laughs> The yeah. poster. I just want to see a subdivision of that category. It could be the bottom of the list. The winner, winner of eight golden spin tunes. Yes. <laughs> One large spin tune pie. <laughs> um, the golden spin tune. The most coveted of film awards. <laughs> Is that what we're going to do? You know, like six months after Flicks and a Whisk, we could do the golden spin tunes. I think so. So we could have two award shows a, a year. We should do that. Um, fuck, man. I am totally, totally, totally at a loss here. Is this a movie that, like, we've talked about before? Like, like, have I seen this movie? Yes. Like, okay. I guess that's, that's somewhat helpful. Okay. I guess that's somewhat helpful because I'm really, really. Huh. Is anyone from the Expendables universe in this movie? Oh, <laughs> uh, please hold. Sorry, we're talking a 90s action movie. There's yeah. a pretty good chance. I want to say yes, but I have to double check. Because um, I got to get something to narrow this down, because I have no fucking idea what I'm doing here. No. One more second. Check one other thing real quick. One more. Oh, would you click on each individual expendables? <laughs> uh, I'm it's probably safe. I'm actually clicking on the people that could have potentially. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I'm obviously talking about like major and no. act- actors and actresses in the movie. I'm not, you know, we're, if it was someone. We're like, not holding on to any expendables here. Okay. Interesting. And that's a lot. So I don't know if I called 10 out before. Yeah, you did. Although I forgot what that question was that I asked. Do you remember what I asked? Do I, Would you know it? Like, have you? Oh, okay. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Yeah, because I was trying to eliminate, like, could it be a Schwarzenegger, like a True Lies or something? Sure. Or could it be, sure. you know, you wow. know, stuff like Somehow I've like locked you out of, but of you know, like that's that's rough, right? Not like being in the Expendables feels like it should have been a gimme. Like, yeah, of course. Yeah, no, but you know what though? Like that that could be interesting because like now I can just move whole swat. Like I don't have to worry about Stallone. I don't have to worry that's about true. Schwarzenegger. That's I don't true. have to worry about Bruce Willis. Like I can just put all of them away. Like so, yeah. I I still might have a hard time getting the answer, but at least I can finally start like whittling down because I just felt like I had everything at my disposal with the exception of, like, Point Break and Speed. Um, <laughs> and, like, Judge Dredd. <laughs> um, okay. I feel like I need to bring up IMDb and do a quick scroll through uh, Expendables. Sorry, hang on one second. Oh, no, did you find someone from the Expendables in the movie? Well, for some reason, I feel like... No, no, okay. no. We're good. I was going to say, I feel like I need a refresher on who's actually in that movie. Yeah, I'm going to find someone who's yeah. in the. <laughs> um, okay. Man, 90s movie not featuring an expendables actor. 
that I've definitely probably seen that we've discussed. That's a crime action, not sci-fi. You picked a good one, Anthony. You picked a good one. Thank you. And not part of a series, so we don't got... There's no lethal weapon. There's no, uh... (sighs) No bad boys. No, uh... Bad... Huh? I said man, bad boys. Yeah. No, uh... No fugitive or U.S. Marshals. Is Kevin Spacey in this movie? No. Okay. I mean, he's in a bunch of those movies in the 90s. Mm. Actually, yeah. Even in more than I'm singing off off the top of my head. Usual Suspects, Seven. That's right. L.A. Confidential, The Negotiator. I haven't seen that movie in a long time. It's a good movie. Yeah. What's his name? <laughs> What's his name in that? Is pretty young. Uh, Paul Giamatti. <laughs> he plays the... Uh, the rat mm. or informant, whatever. Mm-hmm. Fuck, man. I am. I feel like I'm in that situation where I was in Wordle the last couple of days where I just like, I have no idea where to go with the, with the information at my disposal. Cause I have like a good amount of information now. Yeah. But still just nothing. It's hard. Gonna give it's me. a hard game. Especially like, I feel like it's hard to play by yourself too. Like we might not, we might need to shelf this for times we have guests. No, I mean, I, I still enjoy the challenge. I yeah. just, uh, like I said, I, I you just kind of sort of picked a, a bit of a blind spot for me, which is going to happen yeah. sometimes, you know. So it's throwing me is, I've thought a bunch of these movies, and I've eliminated all of them, and you say you feel pretty confident that we've, like, discussed this movie, that I've probably seen this movie. Like, the fact that nothing is coming to mind past what I've eliminated already. Is Nicolas Cage in this movie? No. Fuck! <laughs> Fuck! <laughs> Damn it. it! Is anyone in this movie? <laughs> That's the crazy thing. Is that? Do you want to ask that question? Um. Well, obviously someone's in it. It's a movie. But um. I know what you mean, though. Yeah. And do you want me to answer it or no? I don't know. I feel like it's a trick question. <laughs> it's, I, I, yeah, I guess. Yes. I mean, I assumed that, that was the case. There's, like, one movie at this point that, like, is sticking in my head. It feels like it's too obvious for you to have chosen it. Mm. And I can only afford to burn so many questions at this point. That's why I keep leaving that off to the side until, like, Desperation Hail Mary situations here. I feel like I've nailed all of the big 90 stars at this point. And none of them are in this movie. (laughs) What am I on, 13? Uh, 14. 14? Like, this one will be the 14th or 15th? This will be 15. Fuck. Alright, is Robert De Niro in this movie? No. Okay. Because, like, my Hail Mary play was like, is it heat? Because <laughs> 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 I feel like I've gotten every other yep. thing off the board here. I'm going to be mad when, when I get this answer. That's 15. Okay, is it in or after 1995? No. Oh, God. Again, further further getting into my blind spot of <laughs> I'm better with 95 on than I am pre-95. Uh, for a second, I just panicked and I was thinking, oh, oh God, is it what's it called? Although I'm struggling to remember if that... I think that was... But Robert Niro's in that, so... I was thinking of what's it called, uh, The Untouchables. Mm. And I was like, wait, no, Robert Niro's in that, we're safe. <laughs> <laughs> um, early 90s. Crime action. Not part of a series. No Expendables, no Basie or De Niro or Cage or Reeves. 
who the fuck is in this movie? <laughs> I feel like I've gotten everyone who was in the big movies of the 90s. Mm. Sorry, how many do I have left? You have four. Well, three questions and a guess. Steven Seagal in this movie? No. <laughs> it's like the only other person of the 90s. and I, I, I steer clear to that because I've been pretty clear to you in the past that I've never watched a Steven Seagal movie. So I was hoping <laughs> that you remembered that. Oh, my God. Two questions and a guess. The only other 90s action stars I can think of would be like Chuck Norris and Jean-Claude Van Damme. Both of them are Expendables. Well, in, in the Expendables movies. There's Harrison Ford, but all of his movies in that time were all parts of series. Will he get it? With I'm probably questions. not gonna... I'm probably not gonna get it. And a guess. <laughs> <sighs> if this was AMC, we would take our mid-season break right now. <laughs> <laughs> Early 90s. That, like, five-year span is, like, almost blank for me. I don't even have a I, like. I don't even have a question to ask. Throwing it in. I don't want to. I'm very stubborn. I know. <laughs> well, especially I'm like so close at this point. Like even if I could just throw out a couple of bullshit like guesses, like you know. Yeah. What's I mean? What, what's really hanging up, hanging me up at this point is like us talking about having talked about the movie. Hmm. <sighs> this is so fresh. He's sweating. I am. I He's am, gonna uh, punch a hole through the wall. I'm not gonna punch a hole through the wall. I'm. I'm not that. Uh, I'm not that type of guy. But I'm. I'm. I'm leaning in the next thirty seconds or so to conceding because I. I. I just. I can't think of another question to ask. Is Is Wesley Snipes in this movie? No. That was a good good poll though. Like like he's like the only other and like and even he's overlapped a bunch of the other questions I've asked. Sure. Like, yeah, it gets it gets hard when, especially when you're trying to narrow a focus. Because like you're like it's weird. Like you're in you're in a a spot of like you, I'm in complete negative space. I yeah, don't single, yeah. I don't have a single <laughs> thing to lean on. It's just I've asked all of the questions that have outlined the, and there's one tiny little space in the middle of this web that I've created. It's so interesting where like all of the answers to your questions have been no, which is yes. not helpful. I needed one yes. Yeah. Like some of those no's are helpful, but at a certain point I needed a yes, and I didn't get it. Mm-hmm. Like a substantive yes, not like a, you know, like we talked about it, isn't substantive enough. I needed an actor or yeah. a series or whatever, you know what I mean? So I have one question and one guess. That's right. Who in the fuck am I missing? Because, <laughs> like, it feels like at some point or other I've, I've eliminated, like, just about everyone I could even think of. Yeah. Which is what's really confusing me about this. It's got, it's like, someone, at least one big, like, star in it. Mm-hmm. It's like, even the couple of them that didn't get, like, that I asked directly or, like, the Expendables, like, most of the other ones, like, it's people who are in series. Right. So. so there was a lot of series, too. Yeah. Oh, jeez. I am the worst competitor because all I want to do is help you right now. No, I know, and I'm the worst because I'm so stubborn because I should probably just throw in the towel because I, I, I don't have anything and I just keep racking my just brain. Just, like, guess uh, any movie. Yeah, well, because this is come down to it's like it's just to be me guessing a movie that's, like, nowhere near the answer. Um, I'm disgusted with myself. All right, go ahead. Just tell me what it is because I have... Sure. Yeah, I, I just, I don't... I, I've wasted so much time. I, I don't have anything. Everyone! Leon? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Which, so earlier today, when you brought it up during the this is, show, the, the I was like... Neither of them was really stars at that point. <laughs> yeah, that's, no, that's, that's totally fair. When you brought it up earlier, though, I had already picked the movie, and I was like, you gotta be... I was like, you gotta be kidding me. It's gonna be fresh in his mind. <laughs> yeah. The problem is, like, like Gary Oldman's absolutely a movie star, but he wasn't... Like, I, I guess you could probably say that made him a star? Sure. Because, like, what else was he in? Like, the interview with a vampire? Like, that's the only other, like, big role he was yeah, in at that at time. Yeah, at the time, I actually don't even know. Because, I let me see. I'll pull him up real quick. Because he... Was it was, like, interview with the vampire, the the Crucible... Not the Crucible, the, the Scarlet Letter, and that. Like, those three movies are in, like, the early 90s. Yeah. It's really hard to call him a star at that point. TV, TV, TV... Well, actually, he was in a bunch of... Um, it looks like he was in a handful of movies prior, but let's see. He was in Bram... Oh, Dracula. Oh, sorry, Bram Stoker interview with Vampire. I was confused yep. as to. That was 92. Yeah. He was Lee Harvey Oswald in JFK. I didn't know that. I've never seen that movie. I didn't know he was um, in that. I mean, he's been in a handful of things. His earliest credit is Remembrance in 82. No, I'm not saying but, he wasn't in things. I'm just saying yeah, he wasn't like, he's like a not star. Like a, yeah, he's not. Then let's see. Well, let's see what happens. That, right? That's what you're. What you're talking about is literally the very beginning of him becoming a star. Um, yeah. So he's in. So it's just the like professional, was, and then he's yeah. Oh, Scarlet Letter is what you're talking. Yeah. Then like Fifth Element. I feel like Fifth Element is where it starts. Well, I think at that point is where you could say Gary Oldman is a star. Not that movie made him one, but at right. that point you could call him that from those movies we just talked about. Like that, really, like that three year span of movies. Oh my god, then it's like Fifth Element, Air Force One, Lost in Space, Quest for Camelot, The Contender, Nobody's Baby, Hannibal, <laughs> Friend. Yeah, because I, I think of him as a star from the late 90s, early 2000s on, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I don't think of him as a wow. star in that period of time, and, and you can't really call Jean Reno a star, so. Sure. Like, um, and, you know, I'm not thinking of fucking Natalie Portman. Right. You know, even though she was kind of a in a couple of really big movies at that time between that and heat. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously it wasn't heat. <laughs> that should have been my question. Was anyone in heat in this yeah. movie? <laughs> the thing is, I probably would have forgotten Natalie Portman was in that movie. Right. I'm only remembering Unless you think about, about it. This now. That's funny. Well, Al, it was a valiant you, you effort. Me. It was a tough one. Um, no, that's, that's upsetting. Cause I like that movie. I was, I was, I was furious earlier today when you had brought it up and I was like, Two questions. He's going to have the movie. <laughs> Did I mention this? No, have we like, talked about this movie on this episode? Yes. That's going to have to be one of my questions <laughs> from now on because there has been a weird propensity for us. In a last ditch that. effort, when you have one question and a guest left, yes. that might be a good a good spot for sure. Well, I almost at one point asked whether we had done it for the show. because again, Funny you should of- ask because I was like, in my mind, I was like, we've talked about this movie a number of times. I was yeah, like, no, we didn't. And we I didn't went to look it show. up and we didn't do it. No. no. With that... Let us get into our flick of the week. Nightmare Alley, released in 2021, rated R with a two-hour and 30-minute runtime. Your IMDb synopsis. An ambitious carny with a talent for manipulating people with a few well-chosen words hooks up with a female psychiatrist who is even more dangerous than he is. Interesting. Interesting synopsis. It's it's not wrong. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I mean, that's, that's, that's pretty accurate, right? Yeah. yeah. I, I just feel like it doesn't, it kind of hides some of the, the actual plot. Like that's not really a plot 
I feel like it's like a more of a description of like one of the characters. Yeah, I guess so. I don't know. I mean, like, yeah, he's like Carney on the rise, and he meets up with psychiatrists. I mean, that informs everything like that Carney happens. Carney on the right? rise. <laughs> In Guillermo del Toro, this is Carney on the rise. <laughs> oh man. Uh, Al, why don't you give me your IMDb? No, why don't you give me your hot take? You can't give me your IMDb synopsis. That's not how this works. It's not how the internet works. Dark and twisted from the dark and twisted mind of Guillermo del Toro. A gripping tale with standout performances from the incredibly talented Cooper, Blanchett, Mara, Strathern, and Jenkins. 8.5 out of 10. Ooh, nice. All right. A captivating yet harrowing neo-noir take on a man architecting his own demise. 7 out of 10. I... I um uh, I dig your I dig your score. I went a little bit lower, um, specifically because I felt like there was there was something that just to me felt like there was something slightly missing from it. Some and I couldn't put my finger on it uh until I was I was actually going back through it earlier today and it, it was missing a little bit in my mind of the originality of like the screenplay of a Del Toro movie because it was it's well, it's it's a remake, it's a remake <laughs> and I didn't. I guess I didn't know that going in. Oh, okay. and I knew that I read. I've read about it after the fact. And I'm actually very curious to watch the original now. Yeah, I don't know that I'll necessarily take the time to watch the original or read the book, which I think came out like a year before the original movie did. Um, but I did read a. I skimmed a synopsis of the original movie, and it sounds like they did change some stuff at the end of the movie mm-hmm. a little bit. Like the core beats of the movie is basically all the same, but they did change the ending a bit. Um, yeah, I kind of liked the original one because it singles out the cyclical nature of all of this, which is kind of cool in its own way. That being said, I didn't mind the change that they made for this one because it does perpetuate a cycle just in a different way, and it allowed actually I think it, it empowered some people to break mm. some other people to break the cycle, which is probably a good thing. Sure. Uh, not that any of those people come out with the, out their <laughs> own scars, but um, yeah, I don't. There was I found this movie to be pretty riveting. Yeah, I, I had no idea what it was about at the beginning. Same, uh, same. And I would argue halfway through, I still didn't really know what it was about. Um, and I, but I was definitely like captivated. Like there mm-hmm. was something to, um special with the the storytelling. The each of the acts felt so fresh that like they were almost like their own little like movie in itself. Uh, yeah. Like the whole, you start off like, I don't know, you watch a trailer for this movie and you're getting the, which I, which I did like, I don't know, a couple of weeks back. And I was like, yeah, well, we, we, we talked about it that from the trailer, I thought this was like a detective. Movie, yeah. Still, 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 have, still nothing. Also like, I just assumed that the entirety of the movie was going to kind of take place around the carnival, like uh set. And only to yeah. find that, like after the first act, where we've moved on, um, and like it's 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 kind of cool the way that that all played out, and it was fun. It was just like Bradley Cooper was fun to watch in this role. He played the like the good type of Bradley Cooper character, right? Because he kind of plays a bunch of versions of this same character. Like I don't really see the dissimilarities between this character and his character from American Hustle. Like they're almost the same character different spin on it but it's kind of the same guy right the Mm. guy who it's the icarus tale right he he flies too close to the sun like he just needs to to rise and rise and rise and and be the best and climb as high as he can get and he ends up getting burned yeah like it's it's kind of the same character and the way he plays it 
that one was more manic. This one was a little bit more understated, mm-hmm. but you see that that mania break out as he keeps getting more, but that just increases his desire for more. And it becomes this kind of a situation where he's eating his own tail. Yeah. And it's like, it goes, it goes so high where it's like, you're watching and you're like, man, like this is getting like, they've been hinting at it. Other characters have been telling you like, this is getting out of hand. Like it's getting mm-hmm. too far out of hand. You've been warned from the beginning. Don't go there with this thing. There's only, there's only bad things behind that door. And he just keeps going and like you're like what like i'm uncomfortable this is not going to end well i don't know how but like it it all like you feel it building and it's all going to come crashing down soon but then it just like crashes down so spectacularly i well in a a most unexpected way i guess Mm. to to a certain well in a couple of ways the most unexpected way you know because you don't see him fail once he finally sets himself on the path like he just keeps succeeding and succeeding yeah. and succeeding and succeeding. Like sheer force of will. Like he just, yeah, that, that even as you know, you can understand how the character would become intoxicated with his own success. But even as a viewer, you're like, well, I, he kind of seems to have all the de- Like he's so character, so detail oriented in the micro and the macro that you don't really see a path by which he can fail. Mm-hmm. And when he overreaches, you still kind of feel like he's going to get away with it. And then when he so dramatically doesn't, mm. it's like, oh, we should have probably seen that coming a longer way off. Right. Yeah, we were almost, uh, uh, we were hornswoggled by his own confidence. Oh, my his. God. <laughs> they, they, they did swoggle our horns pretty good. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, it's just, it's it's wild. Like, and just like the, like, if if you can be, if the character that we're following can be so criminal and so, like, he is doing something so dark and shady. Like, obviously, other people can be that way too. And I think that's the writing on the wall that you're not really seeing. Like the like, at, it always feels like he has the upper hand because we know who he is because we've spent so much time with him throughout this movie. But like, the doctor is bad news. Like, she's bad news. Well, you know what it is? Is it's it's like the Peter principle mixed with like the predator principle where like, you know, there's always a bigger fish, mm-hmm. but like it took him failing, rising to the level of its incompetence, right? Where he keeps like, Oh, I can manipulate all the people at this level. Yeah. Oh, I can manipulate all the people at this level. Oh, I'm, you know, I'm bigger and better than everyone. I can manipulate everyone at this level. And then when he reaches the level that he can't manipulate, he doesn't see it coming when that character in turn manipulates him back. Yeah. In fact, that like such a, such a talented predator that she lures him into this trap that you should have seen coming a mile away that everyone should have seen coming right. a mile away. Like it's so obvious in so many ways to the point where when she literally lays the bait, he willingly takes it mm-hmm. to me. The second that that whiskey touches his lips, he's done. Yeah. Right. Because the the one thing that has made him the alpha predator everywhere he's gone is his control and his attention to detail. Right. And the and second his clarity of mind. Yes. And the second he touches it, it's like, okay, he's going to lose all of what makes him great. Yeah. That's like the hubris shows in that moment, right? Of him drinking the gold. It's like, he's like, well, I, I also, can handle this because I've got this. It's also the exact moment that I realized it was going to end with him becoming. the. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, that was I. I agree with you on that one hundred percent. Because it's especially like all the hints of well, the um, 
basically we're spoon fed the 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 cycle of the geek by mm-hmm. Willem Dafoe's character. So like, even though even seeing it coming, it was kind of awesome to watch how like spectacularly he hits the ground like rock bottom. Like I just think yeah. they did it. The execution was awesome. It was just awesome. Um, I think all of the performances were really strong. Um, the whole the uh, the elite that he's dealing with at the end, they really gave me the heebie-jeebies. Excuse me. Um, Which, like, you know, they're obviously supposed to. Man, that was... Uh, I knew something bad was coming their way eventually, but I, I just didn't see it quite playing out that way until, like, moments before it happened. But seeing how... Because she only gets a couple of scenes. Seeing how broken Mary Steenburgen is. Yeah. And how Oof. that plays out with the murder-suicide, I was like... Whoa! Yeah, when it, when it's happening, she's like, "I've been thinking about how he said we're gonna," and I was like, "No, oh, I was like, but you know, no gun yet." I was like, "Oh shit!" Yep. <laughs> this is, and then like the, uh, I, I think Big cutting, alarm bells. cutting the timing of that scene being shown to us and the news story breaking to the whatever that guy was, like his bodyguard. Yeah. His, his head, head of security or whatever. Yeah. His, his horn swoggle. Nope. <laughs> yeah. What, like, and then like, like that guy was itching. He's like, give me a reason. Give me a reason to punch. Oh, he knew he's, you know, I think it is one, probably one of those take one to know one type of mm-hmm. situations, right? Where it's like, I'm a bastard and I can tell you're one as well. That's right. Oh man, what a brutal! I mean, not that I mean we're jumping around a, a lot, but like, what a brutal end to that character too. The, oh, the yeah. back up of the car and the run over. He got straight up scalped by that car. Yeah, it was grotesque um, in Guillermo fashion. Yes, for sure. Uh, that nightmare baby in the jar. That that thing oh. really just did not sit well with me. Yeah, probably the worst version of that I've seen since Dawn of the Dead. Oh, Nightmare baby, baby out of the womb. Yeah. 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 For sure. That sound. That sound that the baby makes in that movie. It's not, it's not great. It's not. <laughs> I liked the... I, I had fun in the carnival. I think there's something... I find carnivals to be so fascinating. Like, I like the look, the ambiance. I think it's so interesting. And then, like, to set some story time here in that space, like... It's like uncomfortable yet mysterious, and I just it's per- love it. It's perversely entertaining because, like, there's certain scenes like watching was it was it Zena was that the character she mm-hmm. was the like that that watching them do her act a couple of times over yeah. like like in various forms of success that was cool, and I don't feel as uncomfortable about what's going on right like the, in the, that scene. the trickery going on yeah I mean like that part but it's like okay you like you kind of half know when you're coming in that you're gonna get tricked anyway. Sure. And it's kind of no harm, no foul. You're paying to get tricked. Yeah. And, you know, whatever. Like, it's not the same as some of the other things. Like, for instance, how brutal and disgusting and revolting the geek Mm -hmm. thing is, you know, or how weird and perverse. And, you know, for most of the movie, I wasn't sure. What what was the name of um, that that, uh, Rooney Mara plays? Um, Molly. Molly. Like... Early on, I wasn't sure. I just assumed that was all for effect. I didn't realize she was actually getting electrocuted every time she did it. Mm. And when that gets revealed later down the line, I was like, oh, God, that recontextualizes all of that in a big way for me. That makes me way more uncomfortable now in retrospect. Yeah. But, like, some of the other things, it's like, oh, like, there's a strong man, whatever. And, like, 
okay, it's not great they're making fun of the little person, you know, but I, the I colonel. guess it's factually accurate for the time, right? So, <laughs> um, but I don't like that. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, I mean, you draw the line at watching a man be starved and abused and biting a head off a chicken. And I mean, at first, I kind of figured, well, it's a carnival. All of this is fake. And so that's just kind of whatever. And then you see what's really going on. It's like, oh, God, it's even worse than yeah. I thought. Like, uh, yeah, it's so gross and dark and just diabolical <laughs> oh man the uh one of the things i noticed um which is a little bit tangential to the actual movie itself is i found what is the deal with oscar season and then like somebody being in multiple movies multiple like oscar Will movies of the year willem defoe ron perlman well oh he was in don't look up yeah i'm pretty sure bradley cooper's got two or even three that are in something going on oscars wise what else was he in this year um let me see if i can oh he was in um licorice pizza that's right? the one yeah yeah i still haven't seen that but it's such I, a I strange phenomenon though like i feel like that it always happens it happens every year which like there's so many actors like why <laughs> uh, that's true i remember a few years ago was it was it shay wiggum who he because he was in the he was in what's it called with um with bradley cooper in american hustle and he was in something else i think that mm came out that year as well that was an oscar as well and, and i don't think he was nominated for either role but it's like again like somewhat prominent like secondary roles right. that he was in at like the same time so weird it's a strange thing uh i also want to circle back to um mary steenberging because i feel like we'll probably i don't know how much more like she's not it, it's a small part it's just a very yeah she's in two scenes intense right? uh scene but also richard jenkins and Mary Steenburgen are both in this movie. And oh, I, I definitely thought about it. I was like, oh, man, they don't even have a, 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 a scene on screen together. If you live responded heads of my mother, you geriatric fuck. <laughs> it's great, too, because it's not even like it's an Adam McKay movie where, like, you would have casted, like, the two of them. Right. Like, it's it's Guillermo del Toro. Um, Richard Jenkins obviously was in The Shape of Water mm-hmm. with, like, for him. But I don't know if Mary Steenburgen's had been in anything. No, like yeah, I'm not sure. Before. But um, we um, got the, the character... Uh, well, it's like, do, oh. do, can we stick on Jenkins for a yeah, bit? Yeah. I don't know how much more time we'll spend. Yeah, let's hang out here. He's obviously got to go into our comedic actors yeah. that couldn't be cast in a drama, right? I never saw The Shape of Water, but I, I'd heard he was good oh. in that. Too. Was he nominated for that one, actually? He may have been. That was a good I, I actually, I really enjoyed Shape of Water and uh, even yeah, I I, Michael Shannon. Did kind of always want to get around to that one. I just I never did. But I, wasn't he nominated for supporting actor in that? He may have been. I mean, I'm going to see if I can pull. I'm pulling him up to see if I could find. But do we yeah, have a similar he's... thing for the actor page about the awards? Yes. If you click on him, you'll see nominations and wins. Oh my God, it's an even smaller banner. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Best supporting actor. He won. Oh, he won. Oh, wait, I, I couldn't remember. Please hold. Nope, that is the AARP Movies for Grownups Award. <laughs> uh, <laughs> sorry, that's a confusing category because wouldn't it like wouldn't it be really weird if it was the AARP like Movies for <laughs> Children, Children Award? Like <laughs> he best perform, he was nominated for it. Yeah, I thought so. Um, so yeah, I guess I should have you know realized, but I never, I saw, I never saw it, so like I you know I couldn't evaluate for myself like that that phenomenon but obviously you know it had to have been pretty obvious he was you know a comedic actor who was doing a serious role and very well but it it is that thing right he's his like the pathos of of like the characters that he's able to play like you can see even in comedic roles 
how he would be able to manipulate the audience to to feel something as opposed to just laugh. Um, and this role obviously really fleshed that out, you know, where you just totally hate him because he's such a prick early on. Yeah. And then for a minute you start to feel for his humanity and then he flips the switch again where it's like, oh, like, oh, yeah, you, you want us to feel bad awful. for you, but you're still a terrible person. Yeah, like, the worst. Yeah, he was a real, he played a really great, like, elite scumbag. Yeah, and like, you know, like, vile. Like, yeah. not just like, like a, not just like a, an, a, like a detestable person, a terrible person. And that's an interesting thing, too, right? With, if you think about, um, St- what's his name, Stanley? Bradley Cooper's character. Is this Stanton. 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 He's not really going after like the people that he's going after. Like it's fine. Like you can go after. Yeah, them. he's he's decided to be like a barnacle on the underside of the rich and distasteful people. Yeah, like, he's not he's not scamming some poor guy out of his last two dollars. Like he's going after the elite of. Well, I guess they never said where they were, but Chicago. I assume it was Chicago. Where, yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah, he's going after like the elite like rich and powerful people of Chicago. Like no one's going to shed a tear if one of them gets built out of a thousand dollars. Like everyone's going to be okay in this situation. Yeah. It's, it's, it's cool. Cause it's funny. Cause I feel like that's the right way to do a story like this. Otherwise you, because otherwise I feel like you get so you would get so detached from the main character. Well, I think he's curious, right? Cause we, it's, you, the viewer kind of goes on a roller coaster watching this movie, like with that character and how they, their relationship to the character. Cause we're first introduced with him dragging a dead body and burning a house down. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, that doesn't seem great, but you can't rule out that, that maybe like it could have been in self-defense. Sure. Like you don't, cause you didn't see how he killed him. Mm-hmm. And you know, maybe he's just covering up cause he's afraid he's going to be accused of a murder where maybe he, it wasn't, you know, or maybe he's a psychopath and he killed this guy and he's burned down the house. You don't know. Right. But you know, you're at least led to be suspicious of him early on. And then, you're left to more or less empathize with the character after that because he's on hard times. He's on the run. He's taking a shit, shit job in a shit place. Mm -hmm. And he's pretty much at rock bottom. He shows the slightest bit of compassion to this terribly haunted and tortured geek before then bashing his brains in. And it's like, okay, like you, you you like, like what are we doing? Like I'm suspicious. I feel sympathetic. Now I'm like, oh wow, he but maybe he is like a cold blooded killer. Yeah. And then he comes back again and it's like, okay, no, like he's a, a person. Like he does some human things. Like he's trying to learn and do better. He's he takes an interest in someone and he seems to be a wholesome ish relationship to start. Mm-hmm. And he makes friends with people and he seems to be taking care of the person. And it's like, okay, yeah, no, I can get on board with this. Like, he's done some bad things, but he's trying to make right. And then his friend shows up dead under suspicious circumstances. And was it intentional or accidental? It was like um, the prestige, you know, which knot did you tie? Right. I, I don't I don't know, right? It was like, well, which alcohol did you give him? I, I don't know. Yeah. Even though, you know, when you know what the level of attention to detail this character has always had. And he did it. Like, he had to. Have. Right. But there's still that 1% doubt. And that's that and, and I think operating in that gray area is what makes the character and the movie so compelling, right? Is because yeah. under underneath all that, like he's not just a blatant like this is just a bad guy. It's not that simple. And I think that there's also a commentary on just humans in society, right? Like that there's like this guy leans towards the shady, right? He's the the darker side of the gray is where he is at. But there is something so he, like we're all 
human. We all do things that are not necessarily great. Mm -hmm. And we all do plenty of things that are well-intentioned. And like, I think that maybe that's what's so captivating about it. It's so it's like, he's just a person. Well, even take like take his killing of his so-called friend. Even that, when you peel back the layers of it, is much more complicated than what meets the eye, right? Because mm-hmm. you can take it at, at, like layer by layer by layer. He killed his friend because he's a psychopath. Like you know, the way he goes about it is kind of a psychopathic mm-hmm. way. It's like, okay, or maybe he made a mistake, mm-hmm. or maybe he killed his friend because he's trying to get that book that he wants, mm-hmm. or. Maybe he killed them out of mercy because he wants to end his friend's pain and suffering. Mm-hmm. And it's like... And and release Xena. Maybe it's all of these yeah. things. Or maybe it's none of these things. Maybe there's some other motive we haven't even like identified there. Like like Just that one pinch point of all of those different things compressed in there is, is incredibly compelling and, and complex and, and, and tough to parse. Like, there, there is no one true right answer. Yeah. No, it's really it really is fascinating. I I liked the relationship building between him, Pete, and Zena. It was such a strange place um, when it starts, right? Yeah, like yeah, because he walks in and are, are the two of them married? Or are they right? Just, and then there's like is, the is, weird like, bathing scene, and it's like well, uh, what I was gonna say is like uh, I couldn't even tell the dynamic at first because like mm-hmm. it's like oh, are they are they married? Is he just? Another guy who's like trying to like mooch off of the one who clearly is like the highest of all of them because mm-hmm. she's the only one with the house. Then it's like okay, they're they're probably married, and then she starts jerking him off in the bathtub. But it's like what yeah. what is going on? What the fuck is going on? So here? weird, so 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 bizarre. But it's like I think so much so that like they he know. I think that Pete his name's Pete, right? Yeah, I think, so. I think he knows that he's like he knows he's an alcoholic, and he knows there's he's no good like to to for Zena, but he loves her and she loves him but i think that he's okay with her doing her own thing well i think he's appreciative of the fact of how much she takes care of him mm-hmm. and so he has kind of a small man complex that doesn't allow him to be the best that he can be mm-hmm. in that relationship and so it's like well i can't be good enough for her so if she needs to pursue some angle of what she needs in her life that I can't give her. Right. I'll, I'll let her do that. Not begrudgingly either, which is a really tough place to be in mentally. But cause then even on the other factors, maybe his own self-loathing gets to the point of the masochistic where it's, well, I'll let her go find whatever satisfaction she needs from someone else. But that makes me hate myself so much that I'm going to drink even more than I was origi- originally. Like, I, I don't know. Yeah. But like that, that certainly would be feasible to me, right? Yeah, oh, for sure. And then we have this interesting dynamic between Stanton. Also, honestly, I mean, like this is a bit biased because I've already talked on the show some. I know you haven't watched The Expanse. I said this. He played one of my favorite car- absolute favorite oh, okay. characters on the show. <laughs> He's a tremendous actor, yeah. and he he did it in in fairly limited screen time. I think he did a tremendous, tremendous job. I agree. I think he he was great. Um, that's like on a, a like a like a per screen time like evaluation might have been the strongest. Of the whole cast, it's just not a ton of screen time, obviously. Yeah. Well, there's something. It's funny because, like, without diving deep, like, you don't, you wouldn't have anything to say, right? It's like this character is there doing his thing. I believe it, and you move on. And I think that in itself is like real skill. Like, you didn't question, you never question him, his intentions, or like you just understood enough about this man and who he is and the relationships that he has 
from the minimal screen time that he had. And like that's that really is a testament to the performance and yeah. the writing. Yeah, well, yeah, the two in hand. The, he was probably perfectly cast and married to that character that was written so well. Yeah. For such a limited amount of screen time was written so efficiently, so perfectly well. Yeah. Well, I liked the um, I liked Stanton and his relationship, like it, him P teaching him some of the ways, right? And like I thought there was something interesting about him showing him the book, and then like when Stanton grabs the book while he's passed out, he seems like bothered by it, but like uh, like protective of it. It was like that was an interesting dynamic bit, and. Well, because it's 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 tough to tell. Is he more protective of the book or is he protective of Stanton? Because it's definitely both. That, and I went back and forth on that. I think I feel like it was more the latter. I feel like it was. I, I'm showing him how to do this stuff, but like it's he's looking he's looking in the mirror of what 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 could be yeah him twenty years ago. Heavy stuff, uh, for for sure. Yeah, it's it's really I don't know. It was it was, it was really good. That's and I guess. Which like that 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 goes to what I've read of the original movie, right? Is that what's his name doesn't just become the geek. He basically comes back and becomes Pete and what's her name takes care of him in the same way that Xena took care mm-hmm. of Pete. That was the way the original movie ended, I think. Yeah. I, I I've I've read it like I read what happens like when I right when I finished this, so I don't really fully recall, but I do remember there being differences. I like the idea of him coming back as uh, as the geek and the way in which he that like maniacal laugh, like I'll be the best at this. Like I'll do it. Cause he know, like he, his character understands, he remembers the conversation he had. He yeah. knows. Oh, that. I thought it was, I thought that was incredibly powerful. That was why I chose that as my line for the intro today. Yeah. I was born for this. Yeah. Oh, that it's heartbreaking. Yeah. It's bone chilling. Like, like I, like I actually had that. I had that written down as like that final moment. I just remember like this movie is like whatever, whatever grade I feel like that you give this type of movie or this movie specifically. I feel like when you hit when that line delivers at the end and the credits roll, I feel like you bump it up a whole point just like from like wrapping it all up and putting that bow on it. Like it's really it, it, it's it's well done. I'm still it's funny. I'm, I'm very fond of it the way that I'm speaking of it. I enjoy a lot of the performances. I enjoyed the way the story came full circle. But I can't, for some reason, go. I, I I wasn't compelled to give it any more, like on my scale than a seven. Like I, there was just something I, that I wasn't. I don't know what it is, and I can't you, quite. You, you've hit you've hit the thing that we've we've discussed. We've kind of talked around in the past where I can see intellectually all of the pieces here of what makes a great movie. It just didn't click for me specifically. Yeah. Like that. That's where you're at. Yeah, and like it. It. That's the thing, though. It clicked for the most part. Like because I, I think it's. I think it's a really good movie. I yeah. I just I'm not I'm not convinced we're talking we're like in Oscar's territory for best picture. Oh, see, I disagree because from the movies I've seen so far, this would be my choice. Oh, uh, that's well, that's cool. I forget which ones you which ones you've seen. Uh, I forget too, just because I forget what was nominated mm. for what now. Bel- but like, Belfast is currently mine. Is my front I runner. still haven't been able to see it. I I know you said it uh, for whatever reason. I went on last week and I was trying to use no good and. It's it's all everything is loaded there. Like I can see everything you've put on there recently. Nothing is playing off. Oh right weird. Now. Yeah, I don't know why. Mm. And like, it's not like my internet connection was no good right. or anything. And it wasn't just that movie that that like I went and checked, a, clicked a couple other things, and none of them would play. Oh. I don't know why. So bizarre. 
I it's so that that app is so finicky for me. I, I it drives me nuts. Yeah. Maybe it would work on my computer. I I don't know. I, I have generally had better results with the computer than the TV. So gotcha. Maybe I'll give that a try. But uh, yeah, I I do really want to watch Belfast, and that could end up taking the you know the cake for me if if that was how it ended up going down for me. I, I'd have to. I mean, like I I best the best picture nominees and we, i know we've talked about it a bunch of times but it all starts to blow oh, yeah, for, for sure. me after a certain point um sorry so i've seen nightmare alley don't look up dune power of the dog so i've seen four of the 10 nominees so this would be in first place for me of those yeah i guess you know that's fair because like even in looking at these of the ones that i've seen i'd probably do belfast nightmare alley would be probably the second one followed by dune then don't look up to your point, and power it's of not the a super is, is not even on the list. It shouldn't be here. I say to, to your point, this isn't a super strong class of nominees this year. No, well, I I can't say for sure because I haven't seen them all yet. Um, Belfast to me felt like it was the was the one of the ones that I've seen that I was like, I get it. Like this is like I this is yeah. absolutely nominated. Like it it's a it's a I feel like it's an important story. It's a well structured story. It's like. It's got so much heart, and the performances are fantastic. I feel like it, it, it has the full thing that it needs to have. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. You know what? Also, it could be, as far as we said, like, it doesn't, just doesn't click for me. The dark, just like the, the very drab, dark movie, I feel like can only go so high on my personal scale. Um, yes, to the point of, if we want to compare it to last week's movie where there's nothing that lends it. It's just depressing for depressing sake. Mm. This is dark and depressing, but also thrilling and riveting. Like there's, there are other emotions that it elicits from you at some sure. point or other, even if the overall tone is one of such like just dark and dire circumstances. Yeah. I, uh, hell there was even a couple of moments of levity in the movie. Like, you know, it <laughs> But overall, like I said, I like, like I mean, I think a seven's a really good score, right? I really did think it was a good movie. It's just not my it's not my pick for this year. But at the same time, I'm not I wouldn't be I'm not offended if you pick it, whereas I'm I am offended if you pick the power of the dog. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. So we haven't really talked about Kate Blanchett yet. Yeah. Uh, I want to talk about that relationship. She's just like the devil. And like it's like so like this temptress like well yes but also even she although probably the most subtle of all the characters has her own sympathetic human side sure. too that's um as much as you just want to hate her outright because it's no matter how much you detest the the protagonist you're forced as the viewer to quote unquote root for him mm-hmm. as like the propulsive mover of the story Right, what's going to happen next? Yeah, and so obviously you're going to be drawn towards rooting against her because she's an impediment to him achieving right the propulsion of the story, and yet even still, it's, it's, it's easy to paint her as like just the outright villain, and but I, I still, to an extent, at times, especially kind of like the middle of that act, I I really did feel for her when you see the scar mm-hmm. and. It took a, a little while for it to click for me exactly what was going on with all of that. And then when it did, I was like, oh, I see where this is going now. And 
to up to a point because I didn't expect her to rip him off in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, not that I thought necessarily that she actually loved him, but I thought that would be more melodramatic how it all played out. Yeah. Not so cut and dry psychopathic. I got you motherfucker. Right. Um, what about you? How did you feel about the whole arc? Yeah, I, I, I agree. I kind of similar to uh, many of the other characters. It's like, they'll do something where you're like, well, that's shitty. You're shitty, except you're human. And you have experiences that made you who you are and got you to where you're at. So like there was, there's that interesting aspect of it. Uh, and then you, and then like you said, you feel for the character in certain moments. The only one that I, um, uh, that gets like major spotlight that I don't feel that way about is the Richard Jenkins character, right? Like for a moment, like I said, for, for 10 seconds, yeah, about you, 10 you, seconds, you think that, but it's like, Oh, then they turn around. It's like, Oh no, 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 pure. Like, no, just bad, just bad. And the reason I feel like they did that is so that you could really just enjoy his face getting pummeled in. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I, I Kate Blanchett's character was like, I, I don't really have any strong opinions on her as an actress. I, I know that she gets a lot of, um, uh, credit and like people are like there's a lot of fanfare around her never really been like I want to see the new Kate Blanchett movie there's nothing I've never really been like super like a super fan or anything I'm not I don't think that she's a bad actress or anything like that it's just this was I thought this, this was a really good performance it was a strong performance but it wasn't like I don't think it stood out more so than any of the other ones of the of the movie I think that Bradley Cooper's performance stood out significantly from everybody else, but he is also the lead, right? Yeah. Um, she was another one in the Strathern mold, more screen time than him, but super efficient with her time mm-hmm. on screen. Um, I haven't really seen any of the movies where like she's the star of. Mm. It's always been her in like smaller roles. She a weaving also, type? Well, I mean, she, she did play a, a an elf in Lord of the Rings. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but like, for, like for a lot of my life, that was really, like all I had seen her in and then like, I mean, I guess she plays a pretty good villain in Indiana Jones. Hmm. Um, well, she's another one that was in two Oscar movies. Yes. I was just thinking that too, as I was starting off my point on her. Um, yeah. Cause and she was, she, actually actually, really she is great. great and don't look up. <laughs> I'm, I'm playing totally against type as I think of her. Right. Cause I've always expected her to play something more like this. Like the so there's a dark, dark and mysterious, right? Yeah. And always like, yeah, like, like, stern and imperious mm. not to rhyme with you intentionally i love it though let's keep that going can we rhyme for the rest of the show <laughs> <laughs> um but uh yeah but when she when she lets her guard down and she's vulnerable there's there's two specific scenes that are obviously so inextricably linked when she calls him to tell him what the next job is going to be and who it's going to be mm-hmm. and she she breaks maybe the only time she shows like i said well those two scenes really where she shows who she actually is or shows like a human side of herself. I'll say she calls him, tell him to watch out, maybe to sit this one out involving the Richard Jenkins character, because he's very dangerous. And I was like, Oh, okay. So like, he's got a reputation or whatever. And then there's the scene where the two of them first actually become like intimately involved. And she shows him the scar on her chest. Mm. And I was like, Oh wow, that's quite a scar. And then when Richard Jenkins starts talking about when he, when he, when he, pulls the the mask back off again and shows you what a piece of shit he is. And he talks about hurting women. I was like, Oh, holy shit. Yeah. Holy shit. Mm-hmm. That and it's like agendas so galore. Like, 
Yeah. Well, but agendas in, you know, she's possibly probably sicking Stanton on him, mm-hmm. but at the same time, showing that she's dealing with her own trauma because of that, which right. is so like eminently human. Yeah. But even there, like when we talk about layers of motivations, right? Like she wants to protect him to a certain extent because she feels something for him, but ultimately her true goal is to show him up because he showed her up. And it's funny of all of these complicated games that everyone's playing power dynamics. Hers is the pettiest motivation of all. You embarrass me slightly at a society party. (laughs) I'm going to literally bend you over and fuck you. Yeah. Like bend you over the barrel and show you the 50 States. Yeah. And not in a good way. It's like, Oh boy. Does, does anyone get more like we were worried about Richard Jenkins being a psychopath about Bradley Cooper being a psychopath, any other number of characters, Willem Dafoe, Tim Blake Nelson at the end in the five minutes of screen time he has. And she is the most psychopathic of all of them. And yet I kind of get it. Like there has to be a certain level of her that was already a cruel and manipulative person to begin with. But when you add that level of trauma onto her on top of that makes it such a, a layered character where yeah. it's impossible to tell where her nature begins and her trauma ends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I kind of like, I love how she, like everybody's so shady and so mysterious and you get enough information out of each like to, to, to accept like the story and where it's going. And it, I guess it, it makes it compelling and entertaining to watch. I'd be curious on a rewatch how exciting or um, interesting the movie is like knowing their motivations because I still feel like the performances probably still stand on their own where like you'd be an entertaining watch like in a couple of years. I think two things. One, even though I think we picked up on a lot of the little nuances, I'm sure there are other little layers of detail Mm -hmm. that foreshadow even more that we missed early on in the movie. That would be fun to pick up on now that we're not trying to grab every little thing to understand the plot of the movie. And two, the performances and the characters all together are really so strongly written that there's a little depth to that to be plumbed as well on a second watch. Yeah. I, I think the rewatchability on this would be decent depending on your tolerance for, I guess it wasn't like gory throughout, but there's, there's some gross. It's, it's just, it's just a very dark movie. So like sometimes I'm just not in the mood to, to have that like depressed thematic experience. (laughs) You, you could probably chalk this one up slightly to like, I, I, I'd held up with like Logan where it's like, Mm. I, I don't really need that energy in my life as much as I right. respect how great right. the movie Great movie. Is. I'm not watching it again. <laughs> yeah. Like it's just, it's, I got what I, I needed that. out of it. It's, yeah. Um, and this one to a certain extent is similar. I think there's more, it lends more to a rewatch than that just because there, I think there are a little, some little details I could, could, could glean from a second watch. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, all the, it, we haven't even talked about uh, Molly too much, but like that character is so such a heartbreaking character where you want to, you just want to like put your arms around her, and be like, Shh, it's gonna be okay. <laughs> like everyone, I feel like we were all Ron Perlman. Like, yeah. no, she's been through enough. Like, she's a good person. Like that could have broken her and turned her into just as much a piece of shit as everyone else right. is in this world, and she's like the only one who's still she's hanging out, some sort of pure like chocolate, uh, uh, like intention. Yeah, yeah, just like you, like the, the next closest is probably. Xena and even she's like cheating on her husband, but like that's the worst of her offenses, yeah. really. Like overall, she kind of lives within her means. She's scamming people a bit, but that is like the point of the act, which you know kind of going into mm-hmm. it for the most part. 
she kind of does it the right way, like where she really pays her dues over and over and over again mm-hmm. before she gets to hit it big. And, the, Plus and a little bit of the code of like how far they're willing to go. Just they know they can make money and go nuts by going overboard with what they're doing. But they also know that there's a humanity side to it where like they shouldn't go too far. Yeah, she, they walked up to the line, realized that it was too far and then stepped back and then, uh, you know, throwing like the final like cherry on top of of like her character, like she is genuinely caring for that man who needs to be taken care of. Yeah. Like that mostly selflessly, right? Mm-hmm. She's not really getting anything out of that relationship at that point. Right. She's still caring for him because who else was going to? Yeah. Man, it's a good one. So it was, it was a good watch. What did you feel about? We talked about the roller coaster of, of Stanton's character. Mm. When we finally get the reveal, because we had snippets of it, when we finally get the reveal of that dead body and where it came from and what the, the origin of all that. Yeah, I I think that's a great, like, just focusing on that as a, like, that one piece kind of brings to light everything, right? Every character in the movie, like, at face value, the thing you're doing is bad. But, like, and I think that was, like, everything's a but. Here's why. Doesn't mean that it's any less bad. It's just... Here's why, and it's a little bit you could you earn a little more empathy like with each each detail of the story that you get like that it's given to you after the fact. It's like I kind of like the execution of like Him? here's something that well here's something <laughs> here's something you, that you left happened. that you left the door open for me for way too long. <laughs> <laughs> the execution of like here's what's gonna happen. Here's what happened. Okay, uh, th- this man murdered. Probably, probably murdered this one. Let's pass judgment. This man probably murdered this guy. Cool. Uh, this man definitely murdered the guy. Okay, great. Uh, what a dick. This man murdered the guy because of how horrible he was. To like, it's like, oh, interesting. And like, you like have to. It's like, yeah. It's like let's let's line up. These these people are terrible. They're awful. They're they're doing the worst things possible. Here's the reason. And it's like. Oh, shit, you weren't supposed to tell me that part. <laughs> I was, and also, I was you, all on board can... for crucifying this guy. You know, and that's why I found like the character in the movie so fascinating. And and I was talking about this, you know, constant like ping pong, this this roller coaster of, oh okay, I get it. To oh god, that's not great. To oh okay, I, yeah, I get yeah. It. Even in, in that scene, you oh dude, you murdered your dad. Yeah, and like in as brutal way as possible, you literally froze mm-hmm. him to death and watched him like Took that his had blanket. to take you straight hours. Up. Took his blanket and you wore it and you watched. Yeah, but then it's like, oh, but he also abused the fuck out of you for your whole life. Right. It's like, okay, I don't have to condone this, but I get it. Yeah, that exa- exactly, right? and, that, like, and that's and that's the thing. It's at the end of the day, they're not trying to change your opinion of of how like you, like you could still like yeah like you murdered someone bad, but here's why, and like just just now you have to live with that bit of information too in your in well, your judgment that you fast it's devious right because it's one of those situations where we have too much information yeah it's like no no no. i wanted to either love or hate this character and you keep giving me more and more information and i don't know what to do with this you son of a bitch. yeah <laughs> do i love him do i hate him i pass i i neither him i, I nothing him what, what do i do and I, I mean he also like he murdered him and then he set him on reverse fire i don't know if you <laughs> noticed that but while, like the fire was burning in reverse, and it was it made it so creepy and eerie and weird. It was like that scene in um, Deus. Wasn't that the the thing that happened when they they faked the they killed the guy, but then they faked his murder? 
the to make it look like I a suicide. I think what happened in that were the flames were doing the same dance on repeat. Yeah. This was the flames Wait. were burning backwards. Okay. How about this? Minority report. Same thing. Murdered someone, then faked the murder to cover up the first murder. And the ripples were going in the one way, but then they were going in the other way because it was I vaguely re- still not exactly the same, but kind I of vaguely remember similar. that. Yeah, th- this was just an art thing. There was no, it wasn't actually, we weren't playing with time. Yeah. But I thought it was cool. I think it's just like, it's like, there are certain well, things that, that he does with time. for. So even that was, was court, sort of playing with time, if I remember, because he's dreaming and doesn't the dream kind of loop? So. Uh, I may, maybe. Not a time travel situation, but just the they were playing with the conventions of how you remember something because you're going through it in your head yeah. over and over again. That, it's funny. I get that. That's that's kind of cool. That's a cool way to, to look at it. I will say with a Guillermo del Toro like there is a certain line between the weird stuff that they do and then the weird for weird sake. And the, I feel like it was like as they shot it, it was like, this looks cool. Must be weirder. <laughs> I'm like just just play that scene backwards and we'll, it's a wrap <laughs> I, I will say though as much as you maybe somewhat misguidedly um, criticized it for not being unoriginal because you said at the time you didn't realize it was a remake um, it also somehow was so unmistakably his movie mm-hmm. he was mad yeah, he his, managed to his... inject enough del Toro-ness into it where it's like it doesn't matter who made this movie originally this movie is so inextricably linked with oh, absolutely and, like and no one else could have made this version of this movie into like mostly and like for for two things that in particular one the everything at the carnival right like it's just like yes. straight up his style especially especially jar babies like they're all it's all del Toro and the other thing that I've come to notice about his movies hallways he has a hallway style, and yes, I, yes, because like all those hallways could have been taken out of the shape of water. Yeah, yeah, and Hellboy probably too to a certain probably extent. I'm sure, and probably whatever else, anything else he's done. It's just there's a certain although I, I will color I will say some of tightness and shoot that they do in the halls that is just straight up his work. I will say some of the Chicago scenes could have been made by Boslerm, and that's the only other person who could have kind of sort of made this movie. Didn't you get kind of that Gatsby I, vibe? I, I from... got the Gatsby vibe from the definitely from like the uh, the show at the hotel and yeah, and, and, and like and... some of the costume like what, what Kate Blanchett's wearing at times and stuff like that. Yeah, uh, you know what what got me her office really just her, her office. office. That's true. Uh, when they're in the hotel room and all the friends have arrived and he goes order dinner, I remember pausing the movie and being like. Man, that just looks like so much fun. Like just being somewhere with all your friends. Jeez. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Somehow in talking about this movie, that was the darkest thing that's been said. <laughs> Ordering food. Anyway. Oh, there's been plenty of that. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. Uh, everyone was just chilling. Everyone was like relaxed. They didn't have anywhere to be. They were just all hanging out talking. Were they relaxed though? Because there was way too much tension. Well, there was only tension once uh, uh, dipshit arrived because everybody knows that Stanton is is they they all like Molly. They all know Molly's a good person. She's going down a bad path with Stanton. So they were all having a grand old time before he arrived. But then he was like, "Let's order food," and they were all like, "Hey!" (laughs) (laughs) What else you got on this one? 
Well, other than just that, we probably didn't properly appreciate enough Willem Dafoe. Oh, we didn't being, really talk about him at all. Just being Willem Dafoe generally. Um, so Willem. He is a hundred percent authentically himself at all times <laughs> in, in in movies. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's that's neither a criticism nor a or nor a um, a. Uh, a pat on the There's back. There's no phrase or accolade that goes yeah. along with it. He's just yeah. Willem Dafoe. It's, it's in, neither good yeah. nor bad. It's simply Dafoe. <laughs> <laughs> neither good nor bad. Just simply Dafoe. <laughs> simply Dusty. <laughs> oh, man. Sorry, that one went over my head. That was just friends. Is there any uh, other kind? Uh, he, yeah, he is... Like, and it, what is his role? Is just exhibition? <laughs> like he's just he's just there. He's just telling us some stories. He's letting us know what's going on. Also, let me give you the whole rundown on the geek so that you can see. This is Sorry. where the whole movie's gonna go. I was really confused for a second because I said exhibition. Uh, yeah, yeah. you meant to say was exposition, yeah. and what you said was exhibition. Yeah. I was like, I'm well, I mean, he, slowly he, falling he ran, asleep. I was like, he ran a carnival, so like, yeah, like there were Ex- exhibits. Exhibits. But I, that's for not sure. how I would have exhibits for days, actually. <laughs> Oh, I have one note that I didn't bring up. Why the, f- why are we keeping the wood alcohol next to the good stuff? Why? Yes. Just well, that's put what, it that's in another said. room, or just on the other side of the room, maybe. On the other side of the room, it's great. Like, yeah, that one. That's what I said. Kind of introduces the one percent doubt of whether or not Stanton did it on purpose. Yeah. Obviously, he did it on purpose. But like, the one percent doubt is like. Why are the two boxes next to each other? Exhibition. <laughs> uh, no, the other thing too that I thought was funny, I in that scene where he was explaining to him the alcohol, also unlabeled, I was like, unlabeled, unlabeled. That's one. Oh, well, this in that scene. This was always the one that's on the right, and this is always the one that's on the left until the one day someone accidentally right. Back. He's he's explaining all of that, and I'm like, these are all the questions that are running through my mind. I'm like, okay, unlabeled. Why? Uh, why are they next to each other? That's the other one. The other, and then he was like, something about jingle jangle in the box and the bottle. I was like, wait, are we allowed to have it? We just have to put the money in. And then like when Santa was going over there, I was like, don't take his alcohol. He was very clear about not taking his alcohol. And then he put the money in the box. I was like, oh, is that what he was saying? That it's okay yes, to take it? Yes. So what he, what, basically what he said was, it was like a don't ask, don't tell situation. Yeah. I'm going to put the alcohol there. If you feel like you need to have the alcohol, I don't want to know about it, but I do want your dollars in my box. Yeah. Um, and if you don't, I will come and cut your hand off, even though I don't know what's going on. Right. It's like, well, I feel like you can't have it both ways, because mm-hmm. unless there's some sort of register for who's taking it, like, or is it just one of those, this privilege will be revoked for everyone, and you're all fucked, you bunch of alky carnies. Probably like, that. None of you is getting the alcohol if any of you fucks me, and all of you are going to like kill each other, because all of you is going to know who did what and who's not paying and this yeah. and that and the other thing. And it, it, weirdly, some of them all, like somehow they all did seem to like follow the honor system on that, but then he pays for the alcohol, but he takes the role. So, it, you know, again, going to the layers upon layers thing, he paid for the real alcohol, but he gives him the wood grain alcohol. Yeah. So is it just a cover mm. or did he make the mistake? Layers. Yeah. Like a parfait. <laughs> More like an onion. Ogres are not like parfaits; they're like onions. Yeah, <laughs> man. Who else? Do we do we miss anybody else in this in this rundown of people? I don't. I don't think so. Tim Blake Nelson. You want to talk about Tim Blake Nelson being a hundred percent authentically Tim Blake Nelson? Carney boss. What's that? The Carney boss. Yeah, the final one at the end. Yeah. Yeah, that. Oh God, that whole that whole way that it all comes down to the end. It's like so heart pounding. Like it's like. 
it's moving so fast. Like at one point I was like, I was like, I completely forgot that like not moments ago, your ear was shot off. Like this was, like, this was intense. Although there had obviously been some passages. Sure. There was a beard, <laughs> a beard and an undetermined, a, a stay of undetermined length. It was it, with a vagrant colony. That's a, there's a John Mulaney skit in there, right? Where he was like, and, and but he's, but I'm wearing glasses to show that time has passed. <laughs> I love it. Al, that was a good one. It was. And I think that's all for this week. Right? I concur. All right. (laughs) That's all for this week's episode of Flicks in the Six. I hope you enjoyed it. As always, if you have a movie for us to review or nuggets for us to discuss, you can send those requests to Flicks in the Six at thespintune.com. Tune in next week for more movie and beer goodness. Until then, I'm Anthony Costanzo. And I thought you were going to take my silence for agreement. Exhibitionists. (laughs) (laughs) Ha, 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 ha.